I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please don't remake this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Please Don't Remake This, the movie podcast where my guest of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosier, and today I have with me visual and performing artist and one of my good friends from a program that we studied at long ago. She has an amazing Instagram account that you guys all have to follow at Robin underscore likes underscore art and her Etsy store, Robin Wiener Art at Etsy. Please go check it out. Her work is amazing. I'm definitely going to be commissioning a piece hopefully sometime soon for my new apartment eventually. This is Robin Wiener. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. This is so exciting. I'm so glad to get to talk to you about this movie. I'm so glad you suggested it because... Oh my god, of course. As we'll get into, this is a movie very near and dear to both our hearts. Which, frankly, I'm, if I may say this, I thought it was kind of a surprise that this movie was as near and dear to you as you said it was. I feel like when I mention this movie to a lot of people, they either haven't heard of it or know it for, like, the, fu- the I'll have what she's having bit and nothing else. Yeah, I feel like, well, one, this movie is, okay, I'm, I'm spoiling the stat now. This movie is R-rated, which, like, What? Like, yeah. I know that it has some explicit content, but, like, R-rated. Like, You know why? Is it the sex scene? Is it, like, the I'll have what she's having scene? It's not. I mean, that probably contributed to it, but the reason is, is because they say the F word more than once. Oh, yeah, because Instant it's, Instant like, R-rating. That's so weird. I feel like rom-coms can't be made anymore, at, like, with an R-rating, because, like, that just, it limits too many people. I think now they take advantage of, like, high school girls- yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's just, I. it's crazy to me that this movie is R-rated. I'm like, I don't know how the studio let that happen. I just feel like it's not, I don't know. But any, hopefully people that are listening to the episode right now read the title of the episode and know we are talking about the wonderful, the incredible When Harry Met Sally, uh, which also Woo. like one of the best movie titles ever, in my opinion. I just think it's really I yeah I just like how simple it is I like it rolls off the tongue so easily you know right it's very anecdotal exactly yeah and I like that it sounds it it reminds me of the movie in that like you know how like sometimes titles like don't sound like the show you're gonna watch you know yeah 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 it's like you want it to be like accurate like I think about things like Oklahoma or like (laughs) or like you're in town and it's like you know what you're getting when you hear that title you know what you're about to watch totally and when Harry Met Sally like sounds like that it sounds a little cheeky like oh they just like threw in a sentence in there didn't they like I don't know (laughs) and it fits I think also with like the framing of the movie where like they have all of those little interviews with the old couples about how they met each other and about just how like their lives kind of happened and they 
fall into each other almost by accident. Yes, exactly. And it's so, it's, I, I love that this is one of the few movies I feel like where you can actually get behind the couple because you know their background, because you see their friendship. Totally. Whereas most movies, like, you can't really support the couple because, like, their whole, the whole movie, they're just toxic to each other and then in the end they kiss and everything's fine. And it's like, ooh, uh-huh. that's not a good setup. Like, I think about, like, all the early 2000s rom-coms and I'm like, all of those definitely are the most, yeah like the most toxic relationships in movies ever <laughs> and the entire freaking hallmark movie franchise yes exactly <laughs> so oh my god the unrealistic nature of all of those where these people fall in love in like one weekend it's like that yeah Ugh. And he's always like a country bumpkin and she's a city slicker who doesn't play by the rules but she teaches him about you know computers and he teaches her about Love. Family and love. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just magically a prince somehow because we still have princes in fake countries in Europe, question mark, with, <laughs> with only British accents in these fake countries. <laughs> and she's always like a journalist or a nurse or some kind of person who has zero life and just helps other people. Because I mean, I feel like, yeah. Isn't that always what women are supposed to do is just help other people? Women are just natural nurturers. It's in their blood. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I love we're getting started on the sarcasm so early in this episode because I knew it was going to come at some point. But we do genuinely love this movie. We are so... I'm 100% for the couples in this movie, and I think Me too. They, they all deserve each other wholeheartedly, and I... Okay, should we... <laughs> well, so, well, we were kind of, like, alluding to it, why this movie, but do you want to talk about... You were the one who suggested it, so do you want to talk about your perspective of, like, why this movie for you? I was, that's right. Well, I mean, whenever people say, like, gun to your head, what is your favorite movie of all time, I always say this movie, and it was... It's Wait. kind of a weird... <laughs> What? Whenever people say gun to your head, like, does that happen to you often? Yes. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I was accosted on the street and someone (laughs) said gun to my head, no actual gun. (laughs) DC is not a concealed carry state. Um, (laughs) What is your favorite movie? When Harry met Sally. Oh, very good. Have a good day. Oh my god. Um, but so this is your all-time favorite movie, you were saying, but sorry. Yeah. It is, no, you're good, you're good. Um, it is my all-time favorite movie, and how it came to be my all-time favorite movie was by way of 500 Days of Summer, because oh. that used to be my all-time favorite movie. And I know that <gasps> no. this pod... I know, I no, know. but we were Robin! We were all 13 and in love with Joseph Gordon-Levitt at one point in time. That's like the only reason that movie works, is because he's in it. Like, that's I it. I know. Seriously. And I mean, the movie came out in 2009 and I was 13 and you, you remember being 13 when, you uh, know, yes. when you like the and... worst pieces of shit at your middle school. Oh, my God. I think back to the people I liked in middle school. How did I? We all had zero taste. Zero. <laughs> Negative <promise>. zero. <laughs> I'm a well-adjusted adult to anyone listening, I promise. Um <laughs> But I really enjoyed the movie at the time because I thought that it was the peak of romance, even though I was totally misreading the movie because you're not supposed to take Tom's side. You're supposed to realize that Tom is projecting an unhealthy relationship onto Summer, so no wonder she dumps him. Um, But anyway, I showed the movie to my mom because I wanted her to know it was my favorite movie of all time. She watched it. I asked her, what do you think? And she said, well, (laughs) it was fine, but... um, 
I don't know. I feel like there's another movie that did what this movie tried to do better. And then she showed me When Harry Met Sally. Because, I mean, her whole thing is, like, at the end of 500 Days of Summer, um, Tom finally asked Summer, like, oh, why didn't we ever work out? And she talks about how, like, with when she met her husband, she just knew what she was never sure of with Tom, which is sort of the thesis of, like, Meg Ryan's relationship with Joe and how um, he calls her and says that he's getting married and mm -hmm. they broke up because they didn't want to get married. Uh, but it wasn't that they didn't want to get married. It's just that he didn't want to marry her. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I took her up on it, even though when I was 13, you know, you remember being 13 and not liking anything that your parents liked. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You um, had nothing in common. I missed out on so many things <laughs> that way, but, um, she showed me this movie and I could find nothing to dislike about it, even just as a spiteful 13 year old. I was just totally in love with the story. There were some of the jokes that went completely over my head, but it is a movie that I am always able to return to at whatever phase in my life that I'm in. And it's one that I anticipate I'll be able to return to when I'm like, you know, older. Mm -hmm. And it just it has aged like a fine wine. Yep. It is my desert island movie. I could watch it a million times and never get sick of it. It just makes my heart so happy. Yeah, I feel that. I I think I watched this movie too with my mom for the first time. I forget how old I was. I want to say maybe late high, late middle school, early high school. Right. And I remember my mom, we both like, we like good rom-coms. So like The Holiday and this movie, like we, we yeah. like good quality, well-written pieces, usually that are like pro, like that are like feminist <laughs> leaning. And they're such diamonds in the rough too, aren't they? They really are. It is very difficult to find. Yeah. And, and so we, and like Pride and Prejudice, like we liked stuff like that. And so Ooh, yeah. I think we ended up watching this together and it's now like, it's one of our movies. And then when you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but then when my boyfriend and I first started dating, this was the first movie we watched together. Mm -hmm. And so now this is like our movie and we quote it all the time and we both like use the lines on each other all ah. the time and like even like we love walking some of the areas that they filmed in the movie you know either like Washington Square Park or even like the sidewalk that they're on outside of the Natural History Museum right yeah it's like we've walked those places before too and we're always and we're always just like ee, we feel like we're in the movie and like oh stop it we are definitely one of those couples and so this I'm not is, gonna cry so this is like our movie and it's because of this movie that we said I love you for the first time so it's like is very near and dear to my heart because it reminds me of my mom and it reminds me of my best friend and boyfriend. And so, yeah, it's, ah. it's all the feels, which I did. I was like, I miss my boyfriend a lot right now. And so I did cry today listening to it before oh. watching the movie. Cause I was like, oh man, when Harry gets to that last speech, I, it gets oh. me every time. And it, every time, Ooh, it got me today. And it's, oh, it's so good. Um, oh. But yeah, so this movie is amazing. I hope all of you who are listening to this right now, if you haven't watched it, pause this episode and go watch the movie first because we're going to spoil everything and it's really good. Um, yes. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the stats. So 1989, picture it, all of the worst hairstyles imaginable <laughs> because this movie really leans hard into bad hairstyles. Um uh, like I already said, one of the greatest titles in my opinion. And then you and I yeah. were talking about this R-rated, which I still can't get over oh and it so is unworthy of that r rating in my opinion in my opinion too i feel like there are definitely a few fucks they could have removed and it could have been pg-13 
I mean, there's only two. Is I it think. really only two? That's so yeah, sad. Yeah, Meg Ryan says both of them. Like, there's the fuck you that she has um, at the wedding scene. And, with yeah, her. and then she says, like, if you, like, she thinks, you, uh, you think I'll get over Joe by, like, a, by, if I go fuck someone else. Like that, th- Those are the two fucks that got this movie an R. That's so weird. Like, they definitely could have removed her first one. She, I think the fuck you yeah. was deserved later, but I think oh, they definitely. removed her first one. Like, she could have just said have sex, but just yeah. our rating. I'm just, like, still not over that. It just, like, yeah. removes so much of an audience that could have seen this. Um, Seriously. But directed by the incredible Rob Reiner. Classic. Uh, written by Nora Ephron, who is, like, one of my goddesses. I love this woman. She Is, is she really? She, yes! Oh, my God. My mom literally... So... Even more, I th- my mom will then text me. As soon as she listens to this episode, she's going to text me or call me over this comment. I feel like my mom has always wanted me to be more of, like, a writer than an actor because she loves my writing so much. And she always tells me she thinks I'm going to be the next Nora Ephron. Like, always. Oh. She's always saying that when she talks about my writing. And I'm always just like, I see no relation between me and Nora Ephron. She's so much better than me. But my mom's like, but you understand people like her and you observe and you just like see things and you're so good at figuring people out and writing them down. And like my mom is like my biggest cheerleader. And so, yeah, she wants me to be the next Nora Ephron. Or she says I already am. And I'm like, ha ha, yeah, right. (laughs) It's not too late if you're not already. Yeah, who who knows, man? But <laughs> but I love Nora Ephron. I actually own a book of this script. I own. Do like, you? Yeah, I own a physical. I love this movie so much. I have a physical copy of the script where she actually has like a preface in it that Nora Ephron wrote years ago before she died about making this movie, where she admits that she's like because of Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal, a lot of the writing in this actually isn't hers. Right. No, because a lot of it's based on their relationship, their friendship, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of it is based off of her and Rob Reiner's friendship, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it's it's fascinating to me of, like, watching this movie and you just think about, like, the collaboration of it and it's, like, right. gold. But, yeah, I'm fucking obsessed with her. She, I, I wish I was as good a writer as her. Oh, she's so clever. So clever. And, um, and then the amazing cast of Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, Carrie Fisher, and Bruno Kirby. I mean... And, you know, this movie remind Every time I watch this movie, I'm reminded of how much I love small cast films. Right. And we don't get enough of them. Like, we need more movies like this where it's just very few people. Because, wow, do they tell a story so much better when it's just a few people. Seriously. All you need is, like, four strong actors and... And, and a good script. <laughs> and, a, and a good script, yes. Which, I mean, with Nora Ephron at the helm for the screenplay, of course you were going to get one. Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah, I wonder why there aren't more movies like that. Because I feel like you see that in in plays and in theater a lot. But it's because a lot of the time, at least, you can't afford a fuller cast or ensemble. I feel like movies just don't give enough room for writers to, like, make good work, you know? Like, Hmm. I I feel like studios just put way too much pressure on on films to create what they envision instead of just letting, like, the artists create art. And Mm. I feel like from what I see in Hollywood, like, I feel like so many screenwriters now are just getting swallowed. I mean, look at how many, like, writers leave their own shows after a few years because they can't deal with the studios anymore. And then the shows always go to hell afterward because they can't stay on the right track. And and I see that with this, um, with this show, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. But um, I keep calling this a show. When we get to remake, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to talk about whether this could be translated to theater or not. So I think that's where my brain is at right now. Is- oh, I have opinions on that, but we'll get to it. Yes. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm, that's why I'm like, I keep looking forward to it because I'm like, I know that's going to be like the big discussion. Um, right. But let's go ahead and just jump into the superlatives. Uh, yeah. So we have Best Dynamic Duo, which I wrote a few options down because I'm trying, I out of the four characters we mentioned, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to give a little diversity here to these categories. Sure. So I have, of course, the most obvious one, Harry and Sally, because duh. duh, the whole movie's fucking about them. I have that one too. I have Jess and Marie, because yep. I think that they are actually a great couple and they're fucking adorable together and oh, love them. Yes. And then finally, because these are my favorite scenes in the movie, Harry and Jess. Yeah. I Every scene they're in is my favorite scene in the movie. Like, all collectively tied, but specifically the football game is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. The football game is, I I would say, the most iconic scene in this movie. If it wasn't for that darn orgy, or not orgy, orgasm. (laughs) That was a slip. Can you imagine if this movie had an orgy? (laughs) As a matter of fact, I can't. Like, not at all. Oh, that would be so bad. (laughs) Yikes. Can you imagine Sally being in an orgy? That would be the most awkward. That would be like such a Sex in the City vibe. (laughs) Watching her struggle. Oh, that's funny. Um, She'd keep on putting everyone to the side. It would be the worst orgy ever. It would be so awkward. But yeah, other than the (laughs) orgasm scene, other than the orgy scene, I totally agree that uh, the the football scene is like the most iconic in this movie. It's so fucking good. And so every scene, I almost want to pick them just because like, I love them really. They really, it's all of my favorite scenes are their scenes. I love them. Yes, that's great. The, uh, The only other superlative that I had written down, and this is, this was me just trying to get away from the core cast of characters, but Marie and her Rolodex. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even think of that, but that's a really good one. Because the minute Sally says that she and Joe broke up, uh, first she asks if she realizes, like, oh, is Joe available? Yes, which is which, Oh, God. That was a line that fuck? I only heard. I watched the movie last night to get ready for um, this recording, and I had never noticed that line before. But yeah, she says, Joe and I broke up. Such Alice a bitch. says, oh, that's terrible. And uh, I was about to say Carrie Fisher. Marie says, oh, so Joe's available? Yeah. It's so, she, like, what a bitch. Like, really, oh girl. Like, not the time. <laughs> uh, I did, I wrote in my notes, like, in all caps, I was like, Marie, not the time. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, also, maybe not her. Girl code. Fucking girl code. What the hell? Fucking girl code. But I can't, I can't uh, totally blame her because I've been as desperately single as Marie is for most of this movie (laughs) before. Desperately single. Desperately single. Single as a Pringle, as you said before (laughs) we recorded. Yes. uh, Spread it like wildfire. I am single as a Pringle. I am, I am not desperately single, though I certainly was in my early 20s. As we all are. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love that answer, though. I'm totally down to, like, tie it. Marie and and her roller decks and Harry and Jess, because that's fucking funny (laughs) as shit. Oh, Marie. Oh, my God. Um, Well, with Class Clown, this is great going straight into Class Clown. (laughs) Um, I wrote down a few options. I have Harry, Jess, and Marie. I didn't even have Jess. I don't, like, he's funny, but I don't think he's 
the like superlative funny. I find him funny because he's like stupid funny. Like he's so annoying. But like, yeah. but watching him do like, so like at the football game, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie at the football right. game when he's like, ouch, that's harsh. When she said, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I ever loved you. And then he, and all, all Harry says is just like, thanks. And then Jess, because he's an idiot goes, no, no, no. Like, I'm a writer, so I know dialogue. And that is particularly <laughs> harsh. And it gets me. I hysterically <laughs> laugh every time because I'm like, I know dicks like you who do shit yeah. like that. Who are like, and it's not about you, Jess. And I love, but he does that like the whole movie. And I find it so fucking funny every time he does. And when he's like, you made a woman meow? Yes, I was about to say that. Uh, yeah, he fixates on the total wrong thing in that conversation where it's just about getting a woman's perspective. Yep. And I, so I just love every time he does something like that. So I, I had to uh, list him because he's fucking, also when he gives that shitty ass um, wedding speech. And says, if we had find, found either of them remotely attractive, we would oh, not yeah. be here today. And it was like, uh, you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it only punches so hard because Harry and Sally just had that enormous fight. But frankly, if someone said that, in, if that situation happened in my life and then it was said at a wedding, I would laugh at that. I would find that funny. Oh, yeah, it was not good timing for Harry and Sally, but everybody else found it funny. If you look at Alice, right, right. Alice is, like, cackling. She's, like, on oh, the yes. floor, like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Alice, calm yourself. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, Alice is one of the hidden gems of this movie. She really frankly. is. When she swoops in with that, at least you could say you were married. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. Oh, she's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love her. I love, um... Uh, oh, when they're like, kiss the baby and all that stuff. And she goes, um, yes, sir, that's my baby. And then, no, no sir, sir, don't, don't mean baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's a witty one. She is. She's, she's she has some great one-liners. Yeah. She, she is like the Nora Ephron that's just like sneaked into the movie. That's like. That's very true. Secretly Nora Ephron. Um, do you have any nominations for Class Clown or do you have a preferred favorite? Um, I have Marie and Harry in that order. Because I think this is maybe becoming more and more apparent. Um, Marie is my favorite character in this movie. Like, I love Harry and I love Sally because, of course, you, you can't watch this movie and not love them. But Carrie Fisher, for me... Carrie is, Fisher basically steals the movie. Almost. She steals the movie. She's so good. Movie. Yeah. This is... I mean, sorry, Star Wars fans. I'm just going to say it. This is, I think, her best performance. Oh, I totally. Oh, my God. Yes, I totally agree with you. This is so much better than like she's great in Star Wars. But I think in terms of what her true talents are, this movie really highlights better. Oh, absolutely. I could watch her play the comedic like supporting actress in any movie for the rest of time. Yep. And I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself here because I, I think that's one of your superlatives. But like. She she is just so funny and she does just these little subtle things that if anyone else did them would not it wouldn't carry. work. Yeah, it it's like work. it's like her thing, I'm spoiling one of my best quotes, but like her thing when she finds out about the guy that uh she tried to set up um Sally with and they say like he's married now married and she goes for a year. Really? Married and like folds <laughs> the corner. The subtlety 
It's like that line gets my mom every time and we are on the floor laughing. Yes. It's like at at that point, the rest of the movie is just Marie's movie. And like, exactly. I I love in the bookstore when she's like, he's, oh, I don't want to spoil all my quotes. But then when she walks (laughs) away and Sally's like, this is Marie and turns and Marie just waves. She just says, bye. Bye. Have fun. And she's like, was Marie. I love that part. And again, it's like. Women of the century. Yes. And and it only works because it's Carrie Fisher. Because she. Oh, absolutely. She was one of the best actresses we've ever had. Like, her subtlety is unparalleled. I mean, my favorite thing about the married line is that she doesn't throw the card away because this man is not now off the market. She just folds a corner for her little, like, filing system and puts him back in. Yeah, she's ready to go. She's like, in case things don't work out with my my currently taken beau. Right. I mean, clearly she doesn't care because, I mean, her boyfriend at the beginning of the movie is married. Yeah. That's, like, genuinely the only, like, flaw that she has, I feel like, is that, which, like, only flaw. It's a terrible flaw. Do not date people who are married. But, like, wow, she just goes for it. I love (laughs) all of her conversations about, like, looking in his briefcase at the at the uh the bill and i actually one of my most iconic is her and i quote this all the time i literally use it almost on a daily basis oh do you i always do her you're right you're right i know you're right yes (laughs) i love god she's it's just like again it's like she says that line like how many times in the movie and every time she does it she does it in a different way that just brings new life to it and it doesn't sound like a catchphrase oh absolutely and i'm just like you comedic genius you like you are Gone too soon, man. But for Marie, the character, it definitely is. I feel it because, like, even though she says it differently each time and it's and she just builds on how funny it is. I feel like it's the sort of thing that she says, but that, that like she doesn't actually listen to and take her own advice on. And like, thank God the date works out with Jess mm-hmm. or else she would maybe just be this poor, heartbroken spinster. Yeah, who knows? Oh my god, yeah, who knows what would have happened to Marie if if they hadn't met. That's so true. I never thought yeah. about that, but like stakes a thousand. Oh my god, totally. Um, I'm so down to give this award to Marie. Congratulations, class clown. Um, uh, now we move on to the literal worst, which is also slash spicy hot take because I have some interesting nominations. I'm I'm interested to hear them. I had a hard time with this category. Okay, so my my. I have them in order from, like, the least literal worst to the most literal worst. So the first one is a combined effort of, drumroll please, Harry and Sally. (gasps) Because they both do some really shitty things in this movie sometimes. Like, specifically Sally's ordering food. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, the literal worst diner to have in a restaurant. And, like, she should be ashamed of herself for doing that. I genuinely think that she's, like, totally in the wrong for doing stuff like that. Like, if you can't order something just straight off the menu, don't eat at that fucking restaurant. Because nobody likes you. Truly. (laughs) And just, like, stop. So that's, like, her little thing. And then Harry, all of his shit, he does it the whole movie. Every time he basically tells her, like, she's wrong without discussion... Like, he even does that after, like, ten years, after their first meeting. He's still, like, his conversation about saying, like, you're the worst kind. You're high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance. It's, like... Right, where he, like, negs her a little bit. Yes, exactly. And he does shit like that throughout the movie. And every time he does it, I'm like, you know, 
those are the moments where I don't root for him. Where I'm a little like, you deserve to die alone. Like, that's just shitty oh. as fuck. Like, dude, like, get, like, get your shit together. And also just, like, the way he handles after they've had sex. And seeing him wide-eyed oh. in bed, acting like a fucking child and can't get his shit together. I'm... I lose my mind over it every single time. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I love him in the end and his speech when he finally, like, confesses his love and, like, they finally get together. I'm so happy. Yeah. But there are moments leading up to that where I'm like, dude, grow the fuck up. And I get so angry. (laughs) If if I may respond to that, actually, because I'm fascinated. Um, The moment after they have sex is not what upsets me so much as how quickly he just gets out the door after because I always sort of interpreted like his total bewilderment at the end of it like as totally frankly totally reasonable because like he just slept with one of his best friends and I, I, I don't know. I just see, like, the gears turning of, oh, God, what does this mean? Is this going to ruin everything? Is this going to make or break our friendship? Is Because, I mean, the whole thing is that, like, the whole thing with the movie is that, like, men and women can't be friends without the sex part getting in the way. And they've been yeah. friends up until this point, and now they can't be friends anymore because sex got in the way. Well, see, for me, all I see is the message playing in his head is, how long do I have to hold her before I can go home? That's Fuck. all I see playing in his face. That's all I see. And it's not until the morning when he offers to go to dinner with her that he's trying to make up for what he did that night where all he wanted to do was leave. And he's trying to look like a good guy, even though he doesn't want to. Even though he doesn't want to be the good guy. He just wanted to leave the whole time. That's all I see in that situation. And that's why I get so irrationally angry. Because I'm like, this is your best friend. This is the love of your life. And you really want to leave right now? Like... You just had sex with the love of your life and you really, that the first thing you want to do is leave. And that's all I read in his expression. And that's why I get so angry about it. Because I'm like, because he complains later. What makes me upset is he complains later about, you know, after you have sex, you usually talk about your life stories and like books you've read or whatever. But like she and I already talked about that. I'm like, yeah, because you're meant for each other. <laughs> like, after you guys have sex, you can just sit there and, like, enjoy each other's company and, like, go to sleep. Like, you don't have to, like, freak the fuck out on her. <laughs> and yeah, I, and then put all of that stress on her. I think Sally has every right to be mad at him afterwards. Yeah, exactly, which is why I, I'm always on her side at the end of the movie when she's so mad at him. Because also it's like, I wrote, this is one of, I'm kind of, like, spoiling one of, oh, no, I actually, I, I didn't say this, but this is, like, one of my thoughts on the movie. Mm-hmm. Was I wrote, when he keeps calling her, I right. wrote, he needs to stop being cute and make a genuine apology. Yeah. That's why it's not okay what he's doing at the end of the movie when he just keeps bothering her. It's like, dude, you're not, because then when he does, because when she finally picks up the phone and she thinks he's going to do it, all he says is, I'm sorry. And that's right. it. No follow through. No, I was a jerk. I shouldn't have treated, like, no, nothing. All he says is, I'm sorry, and then leaves her hanging. And when she says, I am not your consolation prize, I'm like, yes, you're not. (laughs) You are not his consolation prize, girl. You deserve better. Exactly. And I get so angry. But then when he comes through with that beautiful speech in the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, there you go. You did it. You put on your big boy pants and you got your shit together. And and then I'm totally on their side. I want them to stay together. But man, leading up to that, I'm like, Harry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
do you, oh so then continuing with my nomination right so that's not so that's the least literal worst right okay the next one is more of a spicy hot take and it's jess and marie that is spicy because i feel like both of them are just actually not great friends to harry and sally <laughs> Like, I love them. They're fucking hilarious. But they're not good friends. I mean, Marie swooping in, acting as if she can just start dating Joe now that he's available. After right, they've right. just broken up. Her going out with married men, like, not a good person. Um, right. Her going, her and Jess both leaving together as soon as that dinner date is over. After having just lied and saying, like, no, 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 it's fine, I'll be cool, you know? And then they run off together. Like, yeah, I'm happy that they end up together, but also it's just like, wow, you couldn't have waited, like, one night after you just promised you would. Yeah, the road there is a little, uh, messy. Yeah, and then Jess making every conversation with Harry about him at right. the football game and at these, at the baseball practice and, like, all of these things. And uh-huh. then both of them not letting, they make Sally go to this whole not New Year's Eve party and then not letting her leave when she's miserable. And they keep right. giving her a hard time about leaving. It's like, can you both leave her alone? And then just giving that shitty wedding speech about right, finding right. them not attractive. And just, like, they just do these things in the movie sometimes where I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys suck. Like, Jesus, be better friends, <laughs> why don't you? And um, and also, like, getting Sally and, and Harry involved in the wagon wheel conversation, which is like, ooh, do not do that. If you're having oh, a fight with, yeah. your, with your husband, do not involve other people. Fucking Recipe bad Recipe for I- disaster. Yeah, bad idea. Um, and so I just feel like they make so many bad friendship decisions that they're, like, not really great friends. And, like, I love them, but they're not really good friends, um, which right. I think is very accurate to real life sometimes. I feel like <laughs> all of us... But that's all I think... That's why it works, though, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I love this movie, because I find it extremely realistic to real life, which is totally. why I like that they have flaws, because, like, that's human life. You know, we're not perfect people, but, like, it's still, I, I'm allowed to be mad about it. And so, yeah. Yes, they, you are. They kind of drive me crazy. So they're now uh, the second runner-up. First runner-up, and this is actually almost less than Harry and Sally and Justin Marie, but I'm just sneaking him in there. All right. The only reason I have Joe on this list is because why does he call Sally to tell her he's getting married? You know, that's a great question that I've never really thought about. There's no reason. Because, like, I don't even think he lives in New York anymore. So, like, why? Because there's never a moment in the movie where she makes it sound like he does. Like, there's never a moment where, like, they cross paths or they know any of the same, like... So I'm yeah. just assuming he doesn't. And it's been, like, a year, and it makes no sense why he would call her to tell her that news. Like, why does she need to know that? So that's the only reason he's on this list. Because other than that, I don't actually find him to be problematic in any way. Like, he right. sounded like a good guy. They just didn't want the same things. Sure. I just think, I like, mean, don't call your ex to tell them you're getting married. Who, why would anybody want to yeah. hear that information? Um, and then... <laughs> The person who wins the award, obviously, is Helen, because... Oh, duh, she's on my list. Yeah, she's a fucking bitch. I mean, between what she says to Harry when she ends their relationship, to lying about having an affair with someone while she's married, so she's a fucking cheater. Yeah. And then running into him at Sharper Image and having this highfalutin attitude towards him, like, she's so much better than him, and her hair is fucking hideous as shit, and she's a fucking fucking bitch. And she and Ira look like fucking turtles next to Harry and Sally. Literally, they look like awful people. Like, they look so sterile. It's 
like you are physically repulsed by them. It's amazing. Yeah. And they, she's just horrible. I hate her so much. <laughs> so she wins for me as the literal worst. But do you I, have any nominations? I can't even refute that. My list is in in order from the literal worst to not so the literal worst <laughs> is Helen Ira because you know he's an accomplice in Helen's bullshit. He's an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah. You can quote me. And just before he meets Marie. Yeah. I hate the worst moment for Jess in this entire movie for me is the moment leading up to the double date where he's asking. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But she can be attractive and have a good personality. Yeah. yeah. And oh. so he, and so, uh, Billy Crystal, Harry is like, uh, yeah, no, she is attractive and has a good personality, but she's not beautiful. And I mean, Harry does the only thing that you can do in that situation, which is to just walk away. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) But like, what, what a pig you are. And like, yep. I I don't know. I, I have no more things to say other than oink, oink. (laughs) (laughs) well i'm down i'm down to like do your exact order i agree with that um i love ira as an accomplice it's fucking funny oh man thank you also what a horrible name he sounds like ancient jesus she ira he must be like 20 years older than her because nobody's named ira he looks it too like the only ira i can think of is ira gershwin and when was he alive like the 20s yeah he was probably born in like the turn of the century so how old right. is this dude if in the eight if in 1989 his name is Ira like how uh, old is he yeah horrible his parents didn't love him <laughs> <laughs> oh man um all right now let's move on all to right. where are they now which I for this category because this movie is so special like I really I ended up going with what I felt was the most appropriate choice was unfor- the two lead actors that we have lost, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher right. and Bruno Kirby. I just gave it to them because I'm like, can you imagine? Like, Bruno Kirby died in 2006. Like, right. can you imagine the 15 years of work we could have from him right now if he was still around? Like, he was a really good actor, and it makes me so sad he was gone so soon. And especially, obviously, Carrie Fisher. When she died, yeah. I remember, like, the the world weeping over that and how tragic her and her mother's passing at the same time. Right. Like, that was horrifying. I remember how dark those days were. And I I just wanted to give it to them as just like they were two of the greats and I wish that they were still here and we appreciate their art so much. Um, did you have any nominations? Um, I mean, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, what I have written here and, oh God, um, I'm a little shy about reading it is, I never need to see Meg Ryan in anything ever again, but I could watch Billy Crystal in anything always and for as long as I live. <laughs> I had a glass of wine when I was taking my notes. I will say that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because, <laughs> you know, I love Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. I love her in um, You've Got Mail. She's fine in Sleepless in Seattle. Fine. I love her in Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle has almost actually started to take the place of When Harry Met Sally for me. <gasps> yeah, spicy hot take. <laughs> 
I hold think, your tongue well i feel like i'm reaching that point in my own like love life where i'm liking more of the serendipitous world of romantic comedies more than the realistic so like sure. i'm slowly moving away from like things like when harry met sally and moving into sleepless in seattle that is like so ridiculously absurd how all that happens but i fucking love it Interesting. i love to see their relationship and the little boy and like i'm gonna have to do an episode on that movie because of wow i love it and i definitely have grown up on that movie for many 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 years Um, here's my hot take i watched sleepless in seattle once and i have never felt the need to watch it ever again (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry wait i'll be right back i'm just gonna cry in the corner right now no no i don't want to make you cry (laughs) it just it doesn't do it for me for me this unless your move your romantic comedy is as like serendipitous as amelie I don't, I'm not interested. I, I want to see, like, the, the nitty-gritty, the, oh, there are no single guys in New York, the no, like, the struggles. I want to see the struggle because I want that love connection at the end to be earned. Damn it. Well, I think it's earned in Sleepless in Seattle. She writes the really nice letter, and she has the teddy bear, and... It's really fucking cute, man. <laughs> you know, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'll rewatch the movie and have to write a formal apology. Wait, no, but I would love, we should actually do that movie as an episode together because I would love to hear your thoughts after rewatching it. I'm either going to double down on my, uh, on my lukewarm feelings or I'm going to be real embarrassed for the hour and a half that we record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but, I'm excited nonetheless. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm game. Woo. Let's do it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, okay. Should we move on to most likely to succeed? Sure thing. Okay. So I have a few nominations. Um, okay. One of them I'm kind of conflicted on because I just did an episode where I kind of actually, I put, so I just did Anastasia and I put down Meg Ryan as where are they now? Because Hollywood just doesn't cast her anymore. And I don't know if it's yeah. her choice. I don't know if it's Hollywood's choice. I just, I don't know the the story obviously i don't know her life but uh-huh i put her on most likely to succeed for this movie because when this movie came out i feel like this movie is what launched her romantic comedy career no absolutely i that is what i have written down like it's what solidified her as a romantic lead she went on to do so many romantic comedies in the 90s after yeah, this movie exactly so i feel like if there's anybody who like really launched after this movie it's a tie between her nora efron Yes. Because this solidified Nora Ephron as, like, the rom-com writer. And so with right. all of her other hits, it's like, she was just a fucking genius, you know? And then her theater work as well. Like, she, yeah. I feel like this yes. catapulted her to, her to like, Hall of Fame level um, work. And then, <laughs> but then I feel like the person who probably, obviously, it should go to is Billy Crystal. Because, like, it's Billy Crystal. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Billy Crystal is, like, the comedy male version of Meryl Streep. Like, you hear Billy Crystal and you're just like, well, yeah. Like, what else is there to say? (laughs) Billy Crystal's on the bill. You know it's going to be a good movie. And if it's not a good movie, you know he'll give you a good performance. Yeah, exactly. You know that it's not his fault it's bad. But what's also so great about this movie is that, sure, he's doing the funny shtick, but it's, it's, like, toned down. He, like, actually kind of works as a romantic lead. Like, what he lacks in you know, like the the conventional attractiveness of the time he makes up for with just this brimming personality. Yeah. And that's what really makes at, at least me, the viewer, fall in love with him and endears me to like maybe some of his less charming moments. Yeah, exactly. He reminds me of like, I think of him 
And, um, and I think of Jack Black from The Holiday as, like, this idea of nobody would have cast them originally as romantic leads. And then they end up being, like, the most romantic leads. Right? And it's always when you take that risk that you get these incredible performances. Yeah, exactly. And, like, those two are two of my favorite, like, male performances in rom-coms ever. They just, like, especially Jack Black and The Holiday. Oh, my God. Like, total heartthrob. I haven't watched that in a minute. I need to rewatch it. Oh, you have to. He literally is such a heartthrob in that movie. Like, you want, like, he is the person you would pick in that movie to be with. He is so great. He, oh, my God, knocks it out of the park. Basically steals the movie from everyone else. Like, he's so good. Um, And I see Billy Crystal as, like, the same equivalent. Like, really, Billy Crystal invented this type, I think. Oh, totally. Um, I mean, there, there are so many, like... I think things that are now cliches and tropes in romantic comedies that come from when Harry met Sally. Oh. So when people don't like the movie, I feel like they don't like it because it's cliched, but this movie was innovative for its time. Like the idea oh, yeah. of high maintenance and low maintenance and like a transitional man mm-hmm. or like that, that is this movie. Yeah, exactly. And like the comments on like men and women friendships too. Well, hetero friendships. I feel like that's something the movie, obviously back then, I feel like there wasn't enough gay material yet for them to consider the idea that like, um, well, they didn't even, all they mentioned is like men and women being friends. And it's like, well, you mean hetero. Oh, the, the movie is very heteronormative, but very. at um, least it's not at the expense of, you know, the gay community and making homophobic jokes or oh my anything, god, yeah. which is a pitfall I see in a lot of 80s movies. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I just recorded an episode on Mamma Mia and like Ooh. that, we had to talk about it for a little bit because I was like, I hate the weird homophobia in this movie. It's just Yikes. appalling. Like they, what the fuck were they thinking? Like literally you're like half of your audience is gay. What are you thinking? Adding in these weird homophobic jokes, like you right. fucking idiots. <laughs> like, Th- those are for like the, the 50 something wine moms who are yeah. all, you know, suburban white women that... Who think they've, you know. like, they don't know any gay people personally. And it's like, no, probably the man you're married to is gay. Okay, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move into most iconic. So okay. do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Um. Well, I feel like we both need to just get this one out of the way. The cat's deli scene. Oh, duh. 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 Like, but yeah. l- that, that's not interesting. Like... That's actually, I feel like, I. you know what's funny? I think I listened to a podcast about this movie, uh, like an episode about this movie. And they yeah. and somebody said, I think, that it was their least favorite scene in the movie now because it's so overdone. They just, like, skip over it because they just, like, don't care about it. Right. And, like, I still love it. I think it's amazing. And I love, the reason I like it is because I'm, like, I like the female empowerment of the scene where she yeah. feels the power to do that to him in public after he keeps, like, nagging her the whole movie about all this stupid shit she finally like one-ups him in this scene oh totally and i live for it and i love his face afterward where he's like all right you got me (laughs) it makes me so happy and yes every time i watch it i always get happy because i'm just like you fucking go girl you have that fake orgasm yeah i wonder though if it's not so much the fake orgasm that bothers people as how uh, how much people overquote the I'll have what she's having afterwards. I think that's what bothers people most is like everybody yeah. tries to be cute and use that. And then it's just like, we're, we're over it. Like, like the, the minute Stewie Griffin says it, it's not funny anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think exactly. I, yeah, there was an episode of Family Guy and like they threw it in there and like what works about it. And this is what I think everyone just forgets 
is that uh, Estelle, Rob Reiner's mother, who says the line, she just says it as matter-of-factly as she would have ordered any other sandwich. Yes, All of exactly. she's having. Yeah. And that's what sells it. That That's what's so disarming. But everyone always has to ham it up. I'll have what she's having. Yeah. And they no. all and they all ruin it. They all do a bad job. <laughs> First rule of comedy. The minute you try to be funny, you are immediately not funny. Yep. Exactly. There you go. Saved you a drama degree. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I didn't have to get my drama degree. All I needed to do was talk to you about comedy. All you needed to do was listen to this podcast five years ago, and you would have been all set. Shit. What have I done? <laughs> There's oh. some food for thought. Oh, yeah. Major. Oh, God. Um, okay, so should we list yeah. all the rest of the things we wrote? Yeah, no. Cat's Deli scene, obvious, next. I want to hear what's on your list. Okay, so other than that, I've already spoiled a few of these, but so most iconic. One, yes. the couples. All yeah. Of, all of the couple scenes. Like such a great device for the movie. The fact that they're real couples and it's real stories just makes it all the more endearing and special. And yes. it's the perfect little bookends for each scene. And I, I fucking love it. Um, the soundtrack. Oh, wait, go ahead. Oh, oh, I will get to the soundtrack, but, um, what I was going to ask you, what is your favorite couple? I was going to ask that to you. <laughs> great minds think alike. Oh my God. Um, for me, it's a tie genuine tie between the um the Toffinetti's couple who were high school sweethearts and then end yeah. up seeing each other like 30 years later and then the couple who finishes each other's sentences and that nine extra flaws nine extra flaws oh I think God. that's one of the quotes that I put down and yeah, I spelled me it too. N-O-I-N-E, extra floors. <laughs> Nine extra floors. Yeah. the Those two couples are tied for me, but I also honorable mention the, like, Italian one of, like, Roberta and the... Oh, yeah, where they were married and the, then All the divorces. divorces. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I love how, like... He's explaining the story, and I love how serious she is. Like, she almost reminded me... I actually wrote down, I was like, if this... They could have played... Macbeth and Lady M so well. Like I they're the they are the Macbeth aesthetic. Oh my god, the Macbeth aesthetic. I love that. Thank you. And <laughs> I so watching it this time, that's all I could picture. And I was like, this girl looks like a boss ass bitch. I fucking want to be friends with her. And then I love in the end when they end up like get it like when they finally say that they've gotten remarried and the look they both smile at each other and you're just like oh yeah. wow like they actually are genuinely like so happy after all the shit that they've like done they, <laughs> they look so cute find each other again yeah and i actually really so they're my honorable mention because i act i genuinely actually find them kind of cute <laughs> yeah honestly it's probably a tie for them and the nine extra floors couple yeah i love them i just love the high school couple too because i'm just like yeah. that sounds adorable can you imagine like your high school sweetheart and then and then the the idea that they recognized each other so easily and they're like right. he had and then like he was like he was just the same and it's like he was ah! just the same. it's squealing <laughs> oh, i love them so yay okay um, the couples love them. yes so then oh. and then also the soundtrack i mean between harry connick jr songs and then also all the old hits that they use that are iconic right i'm totally i've literally i've already decided like i'm i'm gonna walk down the aisle to it had to be you oh because you I have to. I love that song. And oh, no, actually, I'm so sorry. Not It Had to Be You. Wow. Because I've, I've gone back and forth. That's why I'm getting it confused. Oh, uh, OK. I've gone back and forth between It Had to Be You and also um, 
love is here to stay. Our love is here <gasps> to stay. Which I think our love is yes! here to stay actually is gonna is the winner. Um, yes. Because I just love that it's very clear. I just love the beginning of it, and it gets me in the mood. And so, yeah, and and it's and of course because it's my boyfriend and I's like first like movie that we watched together. So it's like I had to pick a song from this movie. What yeah. a full circle moment! Oh, that's that is so charming. Yeah. So I love the soundtrack to this, and it gets me hype every time. Um, totally. New York City in in the fall. Like, this movie just makes New York City look so beautiful in the two times a year where sometimes yeah. it's really not beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like, in winter and sometimes in the fall when all the leaves start falling off, it doesn't look that cute. But this movie makes it look really cute. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the winter scenes especially. A winter in New York is the most rancid, disgusting thing, except for, like, the f- moment of that first snowfall. Yes, like, when nobody's touched it yet. It looks exactly. gorgeous. And then give it, like, th- six hours and it's nope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, what else most iconic? Uh, the wagon wheel coffee table. <laughs> when we get to that scene in the movie, I have the quotes for that scene as some of my best quotes because it's genius. Um, what do you call it? The Roy Rogers looking car? Oh, oh, don't worry. I got the full quote for us. <laughs> okay, I'm, good. I'm ready to go. Um, the days of the week underpants, which I saved the entire monologue. I wrote the whole <laughs> thing down because it's my mom and I, one of our favorite parts of the movie. And I they love- make Sunday. Because of because God. Because of God. <laughs> <laughs> and Meg Ryan's delivery, it's so good. And, like, almost what makes it even better is Billy Crystal's face of, like, his jaw dropped. Like, what? And it's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, This is, like, for me, the quintessential New Year's Eve movie. Yes. Oh, that was something I actually wanted to ask you. Because I know some people like to call this a Christmas movie because of, like, the, the Christmas tree Moments, nah, but it's a New Year's no. Eve movie. It, Absolutely. It, the the halfway point is mid New Year's Eve, and the very end of the movie is New Year's Eve. It is very much a New Year's Eve movie. Yeah. Um, this movie, most iconic karaoke machines. Yes. Because I feel like this is the movie that really advertises karaoke machines. I wonder if Sharper Image saw an influx in karaoke machine sales when this movie came out. I feel like in general they must have gotten more sales because I feel like people must have been like, oh, that'll be funny. You know, we'll be like Harry and Sally and probably went shopping there. Um, The football game I've already mentioned. One of the most, arguably the best scene in the movie and one of the best scenes ever. Um, Also the phone call scene, the four-way phone call. Which to me is should be considered top 10 one of the best written movie scenes ever it is so clever it is so succinct it literally takes one minute and we have four different perspectives on what just happened and it's fucking genius it's perfect i god i love that scene so much every time i get to it i get so hyped because i'm like it's happening i just (laughs) and you just got to admire the technical like prowess that it took for them to get the timing perfect like they do not skip a beat i want like you know that they filmed it all at the same time right how how do you mean like they were all on the same set they were all on the same set so if somebody forgot their line they had to start all over again that's why the timing is perfect right and you you never really see long cuts in movies like that anymore oh my god yeah like that I don't want to get too ahead of myself once again, but, like, that scene alone is, like, what could make the argument for putting this... On uh, stage. On stage. It is so theatrical. This movie, I all I could think the whole time, thinking about, like, whether this should be remade or not, the whole time I was like, this would be really easy to put on, on a stage. Yeah. Like, literally just keep the script as it is, do super, super, super minimal set, 
And this is, like, it's written, like, it's it's made perfectly. And literally, the cast is so small. I'm like, oh, my God, this would be so easy to do at a regional theater. Like, you could literally do right. the show, like, anywhere. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We will, like, we'll really get to dig that. into it. Um, and then the last couple of things I have is, of course, I already mentioned the, you're right, you're right. I know, you're right. For me, yes. that's, like, so iconic to this movie, and I quote it all the time. And then the last thing is the iconic, the classic, Baby fish mouth because baby fish mouth the best answer <laughs> to Pictionary I've ever heard. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh my. But baby fish mouth is sweeping the nation, yes. and he's like nagging her for what the heck is baby talk? I love. Yeah. He's like that's not a phrase. <laughs> oh yeah, but baby fish mouth is sweeping the nation. <laughs> that's the line. Thank so, you. So good, man. Oh my god. So yeah, that that is my most iconic list, and I I, I uh, bow. Bam. <laughs> uh, what's your list? Um, our lists are pretty much identical. I will add two more things to it, though. Yee! Um, literally every outfit that Sally wears. <gasps> yes! And we're getting into best dressed. And yes, we are! Like, I, I don't want to get to that because the one other thing that I would like to add, but then let's, I guess, go into best dressed is, waiter, there is too much pepper yes. on my paprika. <laughs> but I would be proud to partake, partake of your pecan pie. Which, you know, you know that that was improvised, right? It was. Yeah, so if... I've I read about this. So if you watch the movie really carefully... So they... I think it was scripted that they were supposed to, like, have this funny dialogue. But I think Billy Crystal at the last second added the... But I would be proud to partake in your and Bye. I think he added that at the last second. And if you watch... Uh, if you watch Meg Ryan, she laughs and looks off camera at... Rob Reiner sitting in his oh. director's chair and she makes sure that she's supposed to keep going because she's not sure if they're still filming and I guess he just gestures at her to keep going because then she immediately gets a straight face and goes right back into the scene but you see Whoa. her but you see her break character for like one second because she's like wait am I supposed to do this and then he just like told her to keep going so she did and they ended up keeping it in the movie so when she looks off camera she's looking at Rob Reiner to see if she's supposed to keep staying character or I not. never knew that yeah that's like it, he so yeah Billy Crystal improvised that and they kept what it in the fun? movie. That is amazing trivia. Yeah, and it's really fun to watch her because she like is laughing at what's happening and then she sees she's supposed to keep acting. So all of a sudden her laugh she totally shuts down and like goes back in the scene and she goes, But I would be proud to partake. And she just yeah. goes into it and it's amazing. So you have to rewatch that scene with that information. It's so good. Oh my god. I those are the best moments in movies. Yes, when me like too. the unscripted, weird, random, candid moment. Is just, oh my god okay that's yeah. wow yeah oh I'm so excited oh. um, but um oh so should we go into best dress now yeah I mean I've already said my answer it's a resounding Sally it's See, Sally I have a couple other nominations so I have um Marie's wedding dress because I <gasps> love her wedding dress I think it's, it's very pretty so pretty I I she looks like a fucking princess and like for an 80s wedding dress I think it's beautiful I, oh absolutely I hate all 80s fashion but wow <laughs> I love her wedding dress it is so pretty and with the cool like curlicue design on it the beaded design yeah. She looks, and the headband, she looks yeah. fucking beautiful. I love that goddamn dress so fucking much. And the off the shoulder. The off the shoulder is what That's makes like, it so good because, like, absolutely. The poofy, she looks like a pretty princess. And I love it. Because, like, if it were on the shoulder and those big freaking oh, poofy sleeves were on her shoulders, it would look terrible. She'd look like what's her face in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. You know you know what I'm talking about with the pink dress? I like her sleeves. They're I'm, really big. I've actually never seen that movie. 
Really? Yeah, I've never, I just, like, I, I've, like, seen memes, but I've never actually watched it. You know, I'm not going to get on a high horse about that, but I will say you should watch it once because you will understand so many pop culture references. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely, like, it's on the agenda to watch. I've just still haven't gotten around to it. I don't right. know. There's really no excuse. I just haven't. <laughs> Fair enough. But this isn't the Napoleon Dynamite podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, Marie's wedding dress is dope, and I would wear it in this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that dress. And then the last thing I had, oh, was um, I love some of Harry's sweaters in this. Yes. He has these beautiful, chunky sweaters that look so cozy. And, like, if I had a boyfriend who had stuff like that, like, I would wear it. Keith, if you're listening, start buying more chunky sweaters. I want to steal them from you. Um, <laughs> I love, like, stealing, like, men's clothes. And so yes. I love that chunk. All of his, like, cozy sweaters, they look so comfy. And I'm oh, just like, yes. oh, that looks so nice. My um, favorite is the white cable knit one that he wears. Yes. He's unrolling the carpet. Yep. That is when I wrote this comment was I was like, that's the one. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but I do love Sally's outfit, specifically the one that I like the most, which I actually now kind of copy. I've like gotten clothes similar to it mm -hmm. is when she first meets Harry again at the bookstore and that like red, that like <gasps> burgundy uh, velvet blazer and the red. Yes. Yeah. And the red turtleneck. And the red turtleneck. Yeah. I like now have a velvet blazer that looks similar to that, but it's more of like a dark purple than a burgundy. And really? I, yeah, and every time I wear it, I feel like Sally in this movie, and it makes me very happy. <laughs> That's amazing. That is absolutely my favorite outfit by her. Oh, yeah. It, or by the costume designer who put it on Meg Ryan's body. Also, but <laughs> I also just think that, one, I love that they re-wear some of their clothes in this movie, like, as the movie's going on. I love when costume departments do that. Yeah. Because it just reminds me that they're real people who have real wardrobes and, like, favorite pieces of clothing they rewear. And I also love, I love, love, love when they edited this and the scene right after he tells her that she looks good in skirts and she should start wearing more skirts, she's wearing a skirt in the next scene. Yes. And it makes, yes. every time I get to that scene, I'm like, whoever made that decision is a genius because it's such good writing. Like, it's Oh such, my God. It's so good. And it makes me happy every fucking time that they did that, that they were smart enough to do that detail. I have that note in my notes as well. It's just so sweet. And I also just like the way that he says it. It's just like speaking of great line delivery, like I, I love the way he says it. And then if you look at her face and the smile she gets on her face, how excited she is that he's given her that compliment. Yeah. And you see the love in both of their eyes. And I'm like, ah, you stupid idiots fall in love right now. Exactly. I, I God, I get so hyped, man. Yeah, man. Oh, God. Okay, well, this is perfect timing for us to go into best quote, because now we're already, like, saying all of the quotes. Yes, we sure are. <laughs> okay, do, uh, you, do you want to go first? you want me to start? I'll go first, but first, once again, what? let's just get, I'll have what she's having out of the way, obviously. Yep. Whatever. We know. Um, <laughs> uh, here's one that I have. You know, you look like a normal person, but actually, you are the angel of death. <laughs> So, good. so macabre. So macabre. I love how, like, as the movie goes on, she gets darker and darker. Like, one of them, I forget, I think, did I save this line? I never, this is a line, I've watched this movie how many times? I never caught this line before, but now it's re one of my new favorites. Near the end of the movie when they're at the wedding and they're talking about how they're trying, like, he's he's trying to make small talk and he says about, like, trying to get through the holidays and New Year's and she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and she just says under her breath, a lot of suicides. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I never heard that line before. Really? I had never heard that line before. And this time around watching it, I gasped and I had to stop the movie. And I was like, what? 
And it's mm-hmm. now one of my new favorites in the movie because it's so dark and I love it. It's like, yeah, wow. I, that's Harry's darkness rubbing off on her. Yeah, exactly. And I love it's like those moments where I'm like, yeah, you two are meant for each other because that sounds like something you two would say together, you know? Oh, totally. Oh, man. My first quote is technically a couple of quotes because so as soon as she mentions that Sheldon is the name of the guy, the great sex she had. Right. And basically every line that Harry says after that, making fun of Sheldon, is fucking hilarious to me and makes me lose my shit every time. And the three that are my favorite that he says are, but humping and pumping is not Sheldon's strong suit. (laughs) That one. Two is, ride me big, Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the emphasis on Sheldon. Sheldon. The delivery. And then the last one is, um, you wouldn't be here with me. You'd be off with Sheldon the Wonderschlong. Sheldon the Wonderschlong. That's it. And then I'm just, I'm sold on his character. I'm like, okay, you won me back. After the spitting of the the grapes, that's, that got me. I'm pretty sure that Wonderschlong is a phrase that I used in high school after watching this movie. And to anyone (laughs) who I referred to as having a Wonderschlong, I apologize. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, (laughs) What's your next one? Uh, Let's see. My next one is... Oh, this is the one that um, that Marie has uh, with the Rolodex. Oh, yes. The right man for you might be out there right now, and if you don't grab him, someone else will, and you'll have to spend the rest of your life knowing that someone else is married to your husband. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons I listed her as the little worst, because I'm like, what a horrible thing to say to your friend who just <laughs> broke up with someone. Like, <laughs> not the time, Marie. Although- oh, also, I love the idea that Marie is like, someone else is married to your husband. I'm like, yeah, Marie, and then you're just going to go fuck that person who's married. <laughs> yeah, like, you're have... not going to stop you, bitch. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about empty advice. Yeah. Oh, Marie, man. God. But it's so funny, and it just, it reveals everything about her character so succinctly and perfectly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, it's perfect. My my next line is also hers. It's in the same scene when she, her, which I already said this earlier, but the the really married like yes guess me every time but other than that one that i've already mentioned i also love so obviously i love the whole football game scene if i could have written that entire scene as my best quote it would have been my entire best quote. right right but i'm gonna narrow it down to the very last line of the scene which is my favorite of the scene which is oh really well that symptom is fucking my wife yes i I have that written down too and we got we Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, to, to get the, the full punch of that uh, line, we got to get, um, what's his name? Jess's Oh, Jess's. Yeah, yeah. Marriages don't break up on account of infidelity. It's just a symptom that something else is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, that symptom is fucking my wife. And then they do the wave the again. The wave? <laughs> <laughs> the wave just punctuates all of the... The wave itself is best quote. It's like just... Yes, the wave itself. God, it's so good. And I... Another reason why Jess is the literal worst. Just like, what a horrible thing to say. Again, it's like, man, they're not very good friends. I love them. Not good friends. Yeah. <laughs> not the people you want in a crisis. Oh, serious. Like, it, it feels so Neil Simon to me. Oh. Like, all of the zingers that he comes in with. Nora Ephron is Neil Simon with a woman's perspective. Like, that is... And, I, and I'm and i not to say that, like, she isn't strong enough on her own. Like, she's not a Neil Simon, like, copycat or anything. It's just, like... No. She wrote female characters. He, like, wrote the perfect, like, male characters, and she writes the perfect everything. <laughs> she do- yes. She's just gotta yes. love her. Because Neil Simon also is my favorite playwright. So it's, like, I give him full kudos. I fucking love 
love him. They're like, they're kind of like tied for my favorite playwrights. Um, Really? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Specifically like Neil Simon is my favorite playwright. I, my, Uh, my favorite play for the longest time was, um, uh, was Biloxi Blues. Um, really oh that's yeah. a classic i love that play i just love how it explores toxic masculinity in such a fascinating way to where right. you actually like feel for them that there are like such high expectations for them to like be men it's like the one play that makes me think like huh men do kind of have it hard it's the yeah. only it's the only thing that makes me question the male experience <laughs> in a neil simon play no less my yeah. favorite neil simon play is actually his only musical they're playing our song oh i haven't read that one yet um it's bad i will just say it right now it is bad um but i love it it is based on the real life relationship between marvin hamlish who was the composer of a chorus line mm-hmm. and uh I think her name is Carol Bayer Sanger, who was uh, a prolific lyricist. Um, and they wrote they wrote the music for the 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 play, but Neil Simon wrote all of the dialogue in between. And he he wrote it based on like talks that he would have with them, which honestly, like it that musical reminds me a lot of when Harry met Sally because so much of the script came from. Nora Ephron, like thinking back on her relationship with Rob Reiner, and then also examining like the relationship between him and Billy Crystal. Yeah. So wait, why is it your favorite if it's not good? Because the titular song they're playing, our song, is the biggest earworm, and I get it stuck in my head. I kid you not, Lauren. Every day. Oh my god, that sounds horrifying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sing it because I don't want it to get stuck in your head. But do yourself a favor and look up their play in our song. They're playing our song on YouTube later. Oh, I'm a little afraid to. I'll be honest. I don't know if I will. <laughs> okay, fine, fair enough. But <laughs> anyway, if you have it stuck in your head every day, I don't know if I want to go down that path. I don't think I want to join you. <laughs> in okay. That journey. But thank you for, for thank you for the hot tip. Um, Any listeners? <laughs> I think the next quote is your turn. Oh, is it okay? Um, what is the next one that I have? Ooh, this one this one actually like kind of hits home. It's um, when they're talking about like their their recent breakups, and Sally says, "I miss the idea of him." Oh yeah, yeah. Because boy oh boy, have I stayed in some bad relationships because I liked the idea of being in one more than I liked the person it was with. Yep, I think that's I. You know, like I'm probably too young to make any comments on relationships because I'm still pretty new at this game. But like, <laughs> I feel like that's every relationship until you find like your person. Yeah, is you're just liking the idea, but you don't really like the person because I think about every guy I've been interested in and I'm like oh I've definitely only liked the idea but the person themselves was a pretty fucking shitty person right like it's interesting that they're interested in me yeah well technically not every person I went out with but Mm -hmm. some of them were quite zingers pretty much all the men (laughs) yeah (laughs) ah good times I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore Um, yeah uh my next one is oh man this one gets my mom and I every time Again, Mm -hmm. a a Carrie Fisher zinger when she sees Harry looking at Sally in the bookstore and she slowly walks over and goes, someone is staring at you in personal growth. (laughs) God, I love her. That's it's just she's she's a genius. 
It's yeah. legendary. Can I ask a question, though? Oh, yeah. Is that supposed to be a boner joke? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Personal growth is, like, self-help books. No, 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 I know, but, like, personal growth, like... No, maybe... it's... I... <laughs> I think it's genuinely the section is called. I think if you actually look at the sign, I think it says personal growth. I don't think it's supposed to be a euphemism. Yeah. But you consider it a euphemism? Maybe I do. I don't know where I got that idea in my head, but there it is. <laughs> well, oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, what's your next one? Um, my next quote is when uh, it's when she gets the call that Joe is getting married and. Harry comes over, she just says, I need a Kleenex! And proceeds to throw her tissue over her shoulder. Yeah. Like, it's the one only, it's the only unraveled moment that we see Sally genuinely in. And it's so sweet. Yeah, see, for me, what, what, so, I, I don't want to spoil one of my spicy hot takes, but, um, I do love when she, like, gets the part, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but when she gets to the part where she's like, it's like, he didn't want to marry me. Yeah. And, like, I love how she really sits in that for a second and you see her despair at, like, the, coming to that realization. And I feel like that's always... That happened to me with my ex. He got married less than a year after we broke up. Oh. And, well, supposedly got married. Uh, who knows if that's true. But, right. um, it... I did definitely... I was literally... I was literally in Sally's shoes. I didn't want to get back together with him. God, no. But, like, that felt weird. I was just yeah. like, I'm way too young to, like, have to deal with this. Like, literally, my friends would be like, Lauren, you're like a, you're like a young adult dealing with middle-aged problems. <laughs> and I was like, seriously, like, what the fuck? I'm not, like, Sally's age. Like, why the fuck am I dealing with this problem? Um, right. So, yeah, that one gets me every time, man. But the Kleenex line is funny. It also makes me think that Kleenex must have been one of the sponsors on the movie. Oh, I wonder. Because, like... People don't say, like, I need a Kleenex. People say, I need a tissue. So, like, makes I don't me know. I, it's, like, I, sneaky advertising. I have puffs sitting on my uh, my desk right now, but I will still refer to it as a Kleenex. It's like Band-Aid. Like, Band-Aid is the brand. Maybe it's a regional thing, Kleenex. Maybe. Because, like, I only say tissue. I don't say Kleenex, but I do say Band-Aid. I don't say a bandage. I wonder. So maybe it's a regional thing. Who knows? Mm. Huh, who knows? Things to consider. Indeed. Um, my next one is, oh, I love, this is one of, like, Sally's, like, defensive moments that I love. I think it's such good writing, where she's like, I just didn't want to sleep with you, and you had to write it off as a character flaw instead of dealing <laughs> with the possibility that it might have something to do with you. Yes! And it's I, Shakespearean. Yes, literally. It's, like, so good. And I love how you see his face where he's like, oh, whoa, shit, she just read me for filth. Oh, yeah. But then I love how cute it is when he's like, what's the statute of limitations on apologies? And ten years. And he's like, ah, I can just make it in. I love, yes. again, it's their banter that I'm like, god damn it, that was good. That was so it's, cute. It's so clever. And it's one of those moments, Efron. I root for them, where I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 you two have to end up together. That's just, that's the law. Which you know that they, <laughs> I think they weren't supposed to. That's right. Well, they started working on this movie um, after Rob Reiner got divorced, but then they changed the ending because while he was working on it, he met uh, who would become his second wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, and thank God, man. Can you imagine? This movie wouldn't be as eternal as it is if they didn't end up together. I don't think it would have lasted. I think that's part of the reason La La Land hasn't lasted. Oh, true. Because I think when you get to the end of La La Land and you see, like, what could have been, and then the reality is that's not what happened. It's like, well, then what's the fucking point of watching the movie? 
I mean, I guess that is kind of the point. That's what that that's the argument that's been made to me by people who love La La Land. I, for one, am kind of indifferent to it. But, See, I, um, I hated it. So <gasps> really, yeah, I really hated it. I thought it Ooh. was so. But I also just don't like Damien Chazelle very much. Um, Fair enough. He, He's an acquired taste. Okay, what's your next line? Uh, my next one, and maybe this one is also a little obvious, and we talked about it a little already, but I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Yep. I have that, and I also have right before it when he's like, and I love that you were the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. Ah! Because, damn, that one's good. And I that's what Keith and I quote to each other a lot, too, because that's just like, Stop that's it! Us. Oh, I miss him. That, um, yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, my next one is, um, oh, okay, so I'm gonna inc- just say both of them because this wagon wheel scene is iconic for me. Please. But I love, first I love when Marie is talking about, you know, the good taste thing, and she goes, everybody thinks they have good taste and a sense of humor, but they couldn't possibly all have good taste. And I'm just like, you fucking genius, you know? And then the very next one, when I love uh, Billy Crystal's reaction when he's having his, like, mental breakdown over right. over Helen and Ira. And he goes, uh, like, you're going to go 15 rounds over this stupid wagon wheel Roy Rogers garage sale coffee table. And he's storming <laughs> out. And, and Jess just goes, I thought you liked it. And he goes, I was being nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love that whole sequence so much. And it's so funny because he means it so earnestly. He does. He's, like, trying yeah. to help them. Like, he's trying to warn them, like, this shit is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> and it's just, like, but I do love, and then I love Marie's thing afterward where she's like, yes. I want you to know I will never want this table. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like Carrie Fisher just steals the movie. Yeah. Oh, um, totally. What's your next one? Um, you stole it, actually. That was going to be it. Oh, it was, a <laughs> Great minds think alike. It's mm-hmm. just, what a, what a power move, too, to, like, go into that, like, that, like, chest rub, that soft, sexy voice and say, oh, babe, I want you to know I will never want that coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> she really leans into it. She's just like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, it is a tactic I have used in my own life. And oh, I can same. say firsthand. It oh my works. God. It works. Yeah. No, seriously. Uh-huh. Men, you don't even know we're doing it, but we are and we're winning. <laughs> we can't give away all of our secrets. We can't let them know that we are shapeshifters who. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, please tell me you're quoting that makeup video. Oh, hell yes, I am yes. quoting that makeup video. <laughs> oh, I love that one. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to have to like share it on the social media when this episode comes out. There's Most of <laughs> us have probably seen it because it went pretty viral. But there's this hilarious girl who years ago did a makeup YouTube makeup tutorial where she was teaching contouring. And she's like, if we if the men find out that we can shapeshift, they're going to tell the church. And it's... <laughs> I watch that every time I need a laugh, like when I'm the most depressed possible, like imaginable, I always watch that video because it gets me every time. Ah, oh, classic. I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah, after I'm going to watch this after <laughs> yeah, it's good. Oh man, great minds think alike. Um, do you have, other than that line, do you have another one? Um, let's see. Um, I, we already talked about baby fish mouth. Yep. We already talked about, you made a woman meow. Yeah. I just, I love the way he says it. Yeah. 
meow. He just really gets both of those syllables. <laughs> yes. um, we already talked about nine extra floors, spelled mm -hmm. N-O-I-N-E. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, the one, the last one that I have, um, and we can take it or leave it. It's at the very beginning of the movie when they go into that first diner, and mm -hmm. um, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Harry says like, "It's just obvious to me that you've not had great sex yet." And then Sar Sally just struts in there and says it just so happens that i have had plenty of good sex and the whole diner goes quiet and stares yeah. at her have you ever looked behind her at the couple sitting at the table in it oh in the in the first diner in, scene? in that scene when af right after she says that line and everything goes quiet have you ever looked at the couple sitting behind her because they steal the scene from me now and i don't even pay attention to her i'm just watching <gasps> them because it's some, of, it's some of the best background acting I've ever seen. So it's a man and a woman, obviously a couple. And he looks at Sally and is just staring at her like, hey, like when she says that. And he's just like admiring her. And his girlfriend is sitting across the table and she's looking at him, seeing he's looking at her. And she's like waiting for him to turn his head and he still won't. So then she leans on the table closer to him, waiting for him to turn his head. And then he does, you know, when like a dog or a cat is caught doing something they're not supposed to do and they try to pretend they weren't just doing it. Yeah. He does that where like he turns and sees her looking and he gets spooked at her looking and he just like subtly like just like jumps a little bit and then he just like smirks and just like pretends like nothing happened. Oh, stop it. And it's incredible. <laughs> and it's just so like their chemistry and their moment is so good it totally overshadows her line now. And so whenever she walks into the diner and says that line, I'm just watching them because I know how good it is. So like, I can't believe I've never seen that. It's so good. Next time, I only noticed it like the last, not this time watching it for this podcast, but the time before this was the latest time I noticed it. And it's genius. And so I highly recommend go back to that scene and just watch that couple right behind her, sitting at the table right behind her. And they're fucking hilarious. It's so am, good. I am going to do that. Yes. So yeah, I was going to mention that you. as one of my, I have some notes because I want to give them kudos. Great background extra acting work. Like Bravo. It's such thankless work, but it's so important. Seriously. Like sometimes they genuinely do make or break a scene and they made that scene work. Wow. Um, my, I have two quotes to end our sec segment. Um, Let's hear both of them. One is a classic that I've already kind of mentioned before of that this is one of the ones that Keith and I quote to each other where yeah. we, you know, we do the after the four-way phone call and Marie goes, tell me I'll never have to be out there again. And he puts his arm around her and he goes, you will never have to be out there again. Ugh. And I love how sincere it is and they're so fucking cute together and you're just like, God damn it. Like, it's so good. So that, and then finally, I don't like Harry being cutesy over the phone, but I do find this part funny when he's doing oh. the ABC options. Yes, and, you yeah. Know, he says like, A, not at home, B, home, but don't want to talk to me, or C, home, desperately want to talk to me, but trapped under something heavy. If it's either A or C, please call me back. Yeah. And I do find that fucking funny. <laughs> it's, it is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But also, she's not trapped under something literally heavy. It's all in her head. It's her <laughs> inner turmoil that she's trapped under. Because I, I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, well, that's what... I, I feel like that was on purpose, though, because when he's saying the C line, it cuts to Sally's face and she looks all forlorn. 
because she's trapped under something heavy and it's not like a vending machine it's her own psyche oh man that's funny i didn't even think of that but yeah yeah you could say that whoever Um, edited this movie props to you oh yeah they did yeah seriously actually they did an amazing job um yeah should we move on to best all around blast relative let's Um, do it all right let's go so i have just two nominations Let's hear it. Um, I have, t- like, tied Harry and Sally just equally, like, as a couple. Like, you want them to win so badly. And when they yes. finally get the- together in the end, and that adorable scene in the end about the chocolate sauce and their wedding, yeah. you're just so fucking happy to see them together. And it makes me so happy to see that. I love that last scene. It's so good. And then yeah. the honorable mention, or in my opinion, maybe the true winner, is all the real couples in the movie. because they're so iconic they're so fucking cute they're all amazing in their own ways and the idea that they're all true stories just makes me happy because every time i watch this movie i'm reminded of just like true love does exist like this movie and princess bride really take me there you know which of course rob reiner working on both just gives me yeah gives me so much hope for and sleepless in seattle for that matter actually exactly yeah yeah and and i love the like true love of angle of all of those pieces and so for me i love the couples in this i think without that i don't know if the movie would work as well that's so true i didn't fully appreciate those old couple scenes when i first watched the movie i just i didn't appreciate them for like the the framing device that they were i just thought that it was these boring old people and like you know when you're 13 nothing's happened to you yet so the idea of like having lived a full life doesn't carry as much weight to you yeah and yeah so that that's one of the things that gets me more and more each time like they actually really pulled on my heartstrings as i watched it last night yeah that's good i'm glad i'm glad you're (laughs) like uh, like seeing their potential (laughs) yeah oh no i'm i'm with you 100p at this point (laughs) (laughs) i've never heard it phrased like that before 100p it was something that it was a running joke with some friends in college i don't know why it came to my brain just now, but there you go. Use it. Spread it like wildfire. I love it. That's fucking Single funny. as a Pringle, 100p. Woo! Just full of... Just all the phrases. <laughs> full of phrases tonight. <laughs> okay, well, before we move on to I Have Some Notes, uh, Curveball, did you have a crush on any of these people the first time you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, do you want to elaborate? I thought that specifically Harry in that second scene when they're on the airplane seeing each other again. Really? Specifically that one? No, that one and the and the very beginning of the movie where he's like being all morbid and dark. This is actually a note that I have. Like <laughs> I, I was reflecting. I'll just read it to you now. Yes, um, please. Harry at the start of this movie reminds me of a lot of boys I found attractive in my youth. I'm glad he grows out of it. Because, like, the Harry that I'm attracted to watching this movie now is the one in his 30s who's world-weary and softer yes. and not as morbid. Yeah. But, like, when he when he has that whole thing about, like, oh, I think about death all the time. Like, oh, I just yeah. thought, I thought that was so deep. Because <laughs> that's what it means to be a real worldly person is to think about your own mortality. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, we've all fallen for that at some point. Uh, See, for me, 
Yeah. I, for me, I have a crush on Harry when he has the facial hair. Yeah. Any scene he doesn't have the facial hair, I'm not interested. But at the live, when he shows up at the bookstore and he walks yeah, over with- to her and he's and he remembers her name. The fact that he remembers her full name, finally. Yeah. And the way he's talking to her and, like, talking about his divorce, you know, and then he's just listening to her over lunch and hearing her story about what happened with Joe, and he's, like, really commiserating with her. And then when he apologizes for, like, what he said, you know, and, like, they have Mm -hmm. that, again, like, oh, I can just slip it in there. I, that whole sequence, I'm head over heels for him. Um, Yes. But as soon as he chops off that hair, man, it's over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, when he does, that's, like, the first moment that they, like, you know, realize they have feelings for each other. Yeah, which so, I'm just like, girl, you missed the golden opportunity. The facial hair is everything. It must be a generational thing because whenever I talk about this movie with my mom, she hates the beard. And I also love the beard on him. It must be. Yeah, it must be. We grew up in like the hipster generation. So I feel like we, yeah. I think facial hair is a thing again for us. That's our aesthetic. Yeah, for my mom, it, for my mom, she, she calls it his depression beard. <laughs> no, no, no. That is like his woodsman beard. His woodsman beard. Oh, that's so much it's more better, defined. right? Yeah. 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 It's it's better. Your mom's yeah. missing out. Her um, loss. Yep. Exactly. Um, <laughs> should we move into I have some notes? I have some notes category. I think so. Woot woot. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I'm a little afraid to read some of these notes because, like I said, I had a glass of wine when I was watching this movie. I'm so excited because like I always want to get drunk when I'm working but I know I can't because then I'm like Lauren you're the host you you have to get drunk after you record the episode. Girl after the week I've had I needed just a little a little wine. Sometimes, sometimes yeah you need a little help wine to unwind. Yeah. So here's the very first note that I have. What must the auditions for these old people interviews have been like? Where did they find these people? Were they divas on set? <laughs> Were they divas on set? That's funny. <laughs> like, can you imagine if, like, the most insufferable person to work with was, like, that old woman at the beginning of the movie who doesn't say shit? Aw, I love her. I, she's it, so charming. She's so cute, and it makes me so sad. She just, yeah, she doesn't say shit. Yeah, just imagine. And cut. Oh, I'll be in my trailer. That was despicable. I can't believe I'm working with you schmucks. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, God, that would be rough. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's my first note. Woo. What's your next? <laughs> Do you want to? You can just go ahead through all your notes and then I'll go after you. Sure. Okay. Um, I might have to skip over the ones that are just illegible. Um, and a lot of them end with mood. Um. <laughs> Yellow is a theme throughout this movie in Sally's color palette. Her car and her sheets are all yellow, and her yellow shirt matches the yellow of the car. Damn. Wow, how much wine were you drinking when you wrote these notes? Uh, it was only two glasses. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I've already read that note. Um, let's call the whole thing off when they argue about men and women being friends. God, this soundtrack slaps. It's so clever, in all caps. Yeah, which... We didn't get to talk about this earlier, so I'll just weasel it in now. The greatest, the greatest moment of this entire soundtrack is when, I, I would argue at least, besides like this potato potato moment, is um, at the first New Year's party when they're dancing cheek to cheek and you hear Pal Joey's I Could Write a Book oh, in yeah. the background. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. 
And I love the two lovers from Friends. The timing of it is perfect. Exactly. It is fantastic. Yep. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, My next note after that one, though, is what was the wig budget for this movie? (laughs) (laughs) The The most egregious wig in this entire movie is the one where Meg Ryan is 26 years old. That, like, straight blowout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So unflattering. Yeah, but this is why I hated the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Everything was horrible (laughs) in the 80s. Everything was horrible. How did we survive the 80s? Yep. Well, we weren't even alive when it happened, so whoops. Yay us. (laughs) (laughs) Yay us. Um, Why doesn't Carrie Fisher always play comedic supporting roles? Um, Is another note. (laughs) I don't think I realized until I revisited this movie as an older person that uh, faking an orgasm was an option. Wait. Oh, well, that was one of... Okay, wait. That was, Shall we unpack this? Well, I was going to ask. I'm. Pro- I don't know if we'll end up editing this out, but have you ever? Fa- so before watching this movie, the latest time you didn't know you could fake an orgasm. Oh no! Like when or I ha- first saw this movie as a thirteen-year-old, mm-hmm. like I, it just never occurred to me because all that I knew about sex was from like hearsay in movies. Yeah, and I just thought that it was all real. Like, every so time you that thought, you have sex, you have an orgasm. Oh, so have, well, my, one of my, I have some notes was going to be a question for you. Have you ever faked an orgasm? Yes. Yeah. Like, same. full stop. Yes. Yeah. I don't think any. Every woman a, has faked one. Every woman has faked an orgasm. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't know. Maybe some men have. But so when you, I'm like still stuck on this though. So you really thought, so you, you thought she came at the table? I, well, no, because she had just said that it was so easy for women to fake it. They fake it all the time. So this was her showing that here's how easy it is. I'm going to have an orgasm at this diner. Mm -hmm. That was just so eye-opening to me. And I remember like the first sexual encounter I had where I was not feeling it, but still, you know, wanted to be a a good sport. So (laughs) I... I pulled out the the Sally, yes, 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 yes. Not like, more like how she does it in the movie, but (laughs) I pulled it out and I don't even remember who the dude was, but he, (laughs) I'm sure also felt like a big shot afterwards. I think, I think I watched this movie before I'd had an orgasm for the first time. And so... Mm -hmm. When she did that scene, I was like, oh God, is that what it's like? I was just like, that seems like so much work. Like, Yeah, I also didn't realize that like, well, here, here's, I'm going to really embarrass myself. For the longest time, I did not, like, I realized that like for sex to happen, like a penis goes into a vagina. Like for, for heterosexual sex to happen, yeah. penis goes in vagina. But I didn't realize that there was any like pomp and circumstance around it. <laughs> like that there that there was like moaning and groaning and bumping and grinding. I just thought that a dude would put his dick in you and you just hold it there. Yeah. And then you were done. Yep. And then you take it out. You did the sex. Gold star. Good job. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> this was one of the first movies that made me realize that, like, oh, sex is, like, a full-body workout. There's a lot that goes into it. It also, like, ruins friendships. What? You can have sex with your friends? We sound like we're, like, in the cast of Bridgerton. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we were so naive 
Jesus. I literally... So restrained. So restrained. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see. Where did I leave off? Um, so many of these are... Oh, the line about turning 40 is my mom's favorite. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> and I'm gonna be 40! When? Someday! Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there like a big dead end. I think she likes it with the hindsight of being in her 50s because... Because <laughs> now she's like, that's not the end. Yeah. 40 is nothing. You still have your whole life ahead of you, sweetheart. Oh, also, Kimberly <laughs> is such an other woman name. Oh, yeah. Her name's Kimberly. She's a paralegal. <laughs> I love the way she says it. This, like, weird, like, accent she puts on for that yeah. scene is fucking hilarious. He just met her. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I love Kimberly. her. Obs- I love her obsession with transition people. Like- <laughs> it's just she, ha- like she makes fun of like Harry for having like his uh, recipe for how to like be in relationships and love and sex, but she has it too. Yeah, like, exactly. She- she's in a mourning period. She's not ready to find her transitional person yet, but like that's the thing. Like formulas don't work in love and sex you just happen it just happens yeah yeah exactly yeah anyway um okay um i'm showing my age with this but for the four-way telephone scene was it possible for the people for people in the 80s to have two separate landlines how did that work because we were talking about how iconic this scene is earlier but like was that a thing in like when i guess it it's possible, but I can't imagine what that phone bill must have been back then. Seriously. I mean, the other thing that drives me nuts about this movie, and I, yeah, oh, this is a note that I had earlier, um, is like, talk about unrealistic expectations for life in New York. Like, the, the loft that Harry has with like oh those beautiful God. windows. Mm-hmm. And the and skylight. Of, it has a skylight. The skylight. Ugh. If I. I could have a skylight one day. I would die a happy woman. I mean, he is. The only justification I give that part is he is a paralegal. Er, paralegal. <laughs> no. <laughs> he is a political consultant, which I imagine makes some good money, especially in the 80s and the Reagan era. Well, yeah. this is just after the Reagan era. This is Bush era. Right, So, right. like, I can imagine that that must make some pretty good money. And maybe... <laughs> and also back then, I know... Um, working actors now who live in New York who bought uh, townhouses on the Upper West Side in the 90s for very little because it was still, the housing market hadn't exploded yet. Um, so they're sitting on, like, millions of dollars. Yeah, basically. Like, they were able to get it for, like, a few hundred thousand with, like, loans from their parents. And now, yeah, it's probably worth in somewhere in the millions now. Holy shit. So, like, back then, I actually think with his political consulting job, he could have pulled that off. The only unrealistic thing is that 99.9% of New York doesn't live in places like that. But lucky the 0.1% do. Lucky Harry Burns. (laughs) Yeah. But like even Sally on like her, her writers. Oh, I don't know. As as a journalist, how she's living in a one bedroom apartment. That's nice. (laughs) And it looks spacious too. Yep. Clearly a set. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, even uh, Jess and Marie's brownstone in this gorgeous neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Like, that's stoop alone. Oh, Holy yeah. crap. But again, but that that's cost. a place But that's a place that a working actor was able to buy in 90s that I know. So, like, 
Maybe they could. Uh, with that, both of their salaries, maybe. That's so true. There was a meme floating around recently that was, oh God, what did it say? It was so funny. Um, who wants to fall in love with me so that we can rent an apartment together? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I've, I've now follow a few of like the overheard LA, overheard DC and overheard New York City accounts now. Yeah. And they just did a DC one that came out today. We're recording this, for those of you listening, we're recording this still in late January. Um, when it came out, um, or it said, uh, like, oh, I wish, uh, like, um, why don't you just break up with him if you're unhappy? And the other person said, uh, and pay my DC rent alone? No fucking way. <laughs> that is such a mood, though. Yeah. Yeah. I feel oh. that in New York. That's a New York thing, too. Oh, here's another note that I have. Um, South Orange Haddonfield is such a niche joke, but it makes me cackle every time. Oh, this is this is going back to like the the, the double Jer- date. Yeah, 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 the Jersey thing. I do love yeah. how hard Sally tries to set them up. She's like, <laughs> I love. I literally actually wrote down her live where she her line where she's like, Harry, you and Marie are both from New Jersey, and the way she says it, she's like, there you go. <laughs> That's exactly it. You nailed it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, what's your next one? Um, what's my next one? Um, Sally, fake laughing at the New Year's Eve party is a mood. Like I said, yep. so many of these are about mood. I've skipped over a bunch of them. <laughs> I, had a, I had to teach Keith recently my fake laugh because I told him, like, every woman has a fake laugh that we use around men. Can we get a sample? Uh, mine is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like very nervous. It has a lot of nerve. So like if a guy, like a guy recently who came into work, who was yeah. a fucking psycho, he says to me, he's like, he loved my outfit. And he was like, your ensemble is really nice. Like you look really good. But then all of a sudden he's like, and if you don't like the compliment, then you don't deserve it. And he said that. And I went, and I was already like thanking him for the compliment while he then said the next comment. So then I went, oh, oh, <laughs> oh God, it's very staccato. <laughs> oh yeah. It's very, it's, it's like in the moment, it sounds a lot more convincing, um, to the point where I sound like out of breath because I'm, I'm debating how quickly I have to run away. <laughs> 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 That's what my laugh sounds like. Cause I'm just preparing to like sprint. That's um, not. That's a good fake laugh. Thank you, thank you, Moton. People can't tell that it is. Actually, I did have a really <laughs> awkward conversation with a friend once, where um, I told her that I had like she when I have like a real, real belly laugh, I'm wheezing. Like I physically, I I make a wheezing <laughs> noise, and she was like, "Wait, you've never done that around me." Aww. And I just did my nervous <laughs> laugh. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, yes, I have. <laughs> and I, like, tried to fake it. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> we're, we're getting the full soundboard of Lauren's laughs. Oh, God. I feel like I just did all of my laughs at once. <laughs> I had someone... I had a friend once who, like, joked that they were like, Lord, I just want to, oh, I used to make people laugh in college because of my laugh. Yeah. <laughs> because it was so extreme. Like, because I was the kind of person who would, like, burst out laughing. I was, like, very much the, ha, 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 Yes. 
Yes. And I used to make my classes laugh hysterically because I would just interrupt class with my laughter. And at once I got the giggles <laughs> in class once and I couldn't stop giggling. And my oh. teacher had to kick me out of class because I was making everybody else laugh. Oh my God. And they were like, Lauren, go out in the hallway and calm down and come back. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it just made me laugh harder. That's great. Oh. I had to sit. I had to censor myself when I would go see my friends in shows because the minute they would hear my laugh in the audience, because it was the one, I, my theater laugh is like that, that of a tired old woman. It's a, oh. ah! <laughs> very Strichian. Oh my God. Wow. I relate to that. My friends also know when I'm like, especially I remember in college, if I went, go to see them in the show, if I was sitting in the very, very back row uh-huh. after the show, they would be like, I knew you were there the whole time because I yep. could always hear you. And I was like, he, he, he. Yeah. <laughs> it was a point of pride for me until people started saying like, I had to fight not to break on stage. Cause then they felt bad. Cause I want them to do their best. Oh but... yeah. 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 <laughs> I but it's also like, it. yeah, we're enjoying the show. So yeah. we try. It's like burping at the end of a meal. It's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, whew, I don't even remember what we were talking about. What's your next one? <laughs> okay, this is actually the last one. Oh, no, I have two more. And the, uh, then I'll let I want to hear yours. But yeah. um, I love that Harry and Sally don't have their I love you too moment right at midnight. I like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Me too. Because, like, at midnight, Sally says that she's leaving, and then the balloons fall, and, ah, Happy New Year happens around them. But then Harry goes into that long speech about, I love this, I love that, I love that wrinkle on your forehead, etc. And I don't know, I just, I think it's one of those moments where, like, it is a movie, and it does get the happy ending. But I like that it isn't so clean cut that they have their I love you moment at the stroke of midnight. Yeah, their getting together is not perfect by any means, and yeah. and I think it's realistic, you know? I even, like, I love when she says, you know, like, see, you see, when you do things like that, you make it impossible, impossible. for me to hate you, and I really hate you, Harry. But she really means I love you. Exactly. And I love, and I love when she says, like, I hate you the last time, and it almost looks like she's saying I love you. Mm-hmm. And it's so, and I love specifically what makes that moment for me is his face because yeah. he's, he tilts his head and he's looking at her like, wow, we really just did it. Like we just got there. We had our, co- we just reached Casablanca. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And it makes they... me so fucking happy. I never thought about that. Yeah. I reached Casablanca. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I feel like I'm just making you weep this episode. I've said, <laughs> I have said a few things that have gotten to you. I, I feel... need a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my last one. And it's actually kind of a bit of a hot take. So actually... You want to save it? I'll save it. Yeah. I'll save it. Let's hear your notes. Mm-hmm. All right, took my last sip of water. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. Um, my first one is, I think I could quote this entire movie. Like, <laughs> I used to know someone who knew every line to Mean Girls and could quote the entire movie along with the movie and get it word perfect. That's impressive. Yeah, seriously. And, like, this movie is that equivalent for me. Like, wow. this this movie I could quote probably the entire movie. Um, 
Oh, uh, this is a fun um, question for you and our listeners. If you all DM me on Instagram at please don't remake this, let me know. Which character do you think you are out of the four, out of the main four? That's a really good question. Hmm. For me, I know I'm a, I'm a very much, very, very strong, like 33, 33, 33, Marie, Sally, and Harry. Okay, dissect that a little more. What from each of them I have are the, you? I have the morbidity of Harry. Yeah. I have the control freakness of Sally. And I have the um the ego of Marie. <laughs> I have like <laughs> I have the I like her her quote that I said earlier about like um of um da 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 Everybody thinks they have good taste and a sense of humor, but they couldn't possibly all have good taste. That is my aesthetic. <laughs> like, to a T. So that's why I, yeah. That's, that, I, I believe that. I'm ooh. picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> um, ooh, good, oh, man. Honestly, I think that I might be a split between Marie and Harry. Ooh, nice. I see that. Yeah, yeah, because I think that I, too, have, like, the, the humor and the morbidity of Harry, the darkness, as mm -hmm. he uh, calls it. <laughs> um, but I think that I have the, the the creativity and, at least in this point in my life, the, <laughs> the desperation of Marie. <laughs> I'll get back to you in a year on if that changes, but uh, for now, woof! <laughs> I am very much Marie at the first half of the movie before Jess. <laughs> oh my god, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can relate to that. I feel like we all can. It, if, yeah. we, if we don't relate to Desperate, I think we're, they're lying, you know? Uh, yes. You Look at yourself in the mirror. Yep. Um, and then this is like an obvious question, because this is like the whole thesis of the movie. Right. Do, do you agree or disagree with the thesis of the movie that men and that hetero men and women can't be friends without oh, sex getting not. in the way? Nope. No. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that men and women can be friends and sex gets in the way for some of but I mean if, I think it depends if, on the man or the woman you know exactly, I feel like it's, it's reductive yeah I feel like it's too hard to say that for all people I think it it really comes down to like one of them has to be interested like if like yeah I don't think it applies to every single friendship totally I mean I mean now I'm thinking about like some of the friendships I've had that have maybe been ruined because like there was unrequited feelings mm -hmm. or even by sex but but yeah no I mean I I think that I I I feel like maybe I had more to say but I lost it yeah it's reductive <laughs> it's just straight up a reductive argument I think it's a an interesting question but ultimately an obvious answer no yeah um my next, I have some notes, is, um, this is, like, genuinely just, like, my, like, period, like, like, period end of sentence comment on the movie, is that just, okay. like, the dialogue is the best part of the movie. Like. Oh, hands down. Yeah. It, stop. Yeah, it's the reason that I own the, a physical copy of the script, because I literally just sit down and read it sometimes, because it's so good. 
Um, whether it's, it's improvised or whether it's written by Rob Reiner or Nora Ephron, it's just like genius. The whole the whole dialogue of this movie is so accurate. Oh, um, absolutely. One of the parts, actually, because I want to go off of the dialogue a little bit, one of the parts that I appreciated much more watching it this last time that I had never really paid enough attention to, I felt like, yeah. was the sequence right after they've just decided to become friends. And they are talking over the phone, but you're seeing little snapshots of their lives. Yeah. And if you listen to the dialogue and the way that they're talking to each other over the phone, it is so, so fucking realistic. It's incredible. Are you talking about the scene where they're both watching Casablanca? In yes. Bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like seeing her go to tap class and you're seeing them at the that the Chinese restaurant together. Yeah, and like all yeah, of yeah, those yeah. things. If you listen to their dialogue and they're talking about like him staying up all night and how she went to bed at 730. She hasn't done that since the third grade. Like, right. All of those little comments. I'm like, I've had those phone call conversations with friends. You know, like that's how you talk to a friend. That's how you totally. talk on the phone. And I loved the dialogue of it so much. I was like, wow, this is fucking genius. Like, oh my God. Like, what? Even when he, like, tells her, like, so you're really telling me you would go off with the prince instead of with Humphrey Bogart? And she's like, hi, (laughs) when did I say that? that? I've never said that. I would never say that. And he's like, all right, have it your way. And I love (laughs) that because I'm like, fuck, man, that's exactly, that's what it is, you know? I love how unreliable their memories are throughout the storytelling, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the se- in the airplane scene, Harry doesn't remember saying that men and women can't be friends until he, like, actually sits and reflects on it. Yeah. And then also yeah. I love when he gets Amanda Reese's name wrong and he says Rice. Or when he says, you're going to be a gymnast, a journalist, a journalist. Right, that's what that's I said. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so car salesman It's so gross. Oh, it's but I love so it. gross. But it's so good. Again, his comedic <laughs> timing is fucking perfect. Sensational. Yeah. Um, my next one is, okay, there's specifically a scene I'm going to reference, but then this is, the the comment is, Meg Ryan is amazing at reacting. Yes. So good. And specifically the scene that stood out to me this time around was when they're at the dinner scene, the four, the four of them together. Right. And she's watching Jess and, and Marie start to fall for each other. And Jess mm-hmm. says, I also wrote the pesto is the quiche of the 80s. If you look at Sally's face, the disgust on her face of like, wow, that's so revolutionary is, <laughs> oh my God, it killed me this time because I'd never noticed it before. How as a writer, she looks down on him. And wow. And I was like, girl, whoa, that was awesome. And I, because I watched some of their other reactions, I watched some of the other actors' reactions in the rest of the movie, and she stole, she could have stolen every scene for just her reacting. It was perfect. I can't believe I've never noticed that. That's genius. Another scene to rewatch. It's specifically that line where he says, pesto is the quiche of the 80s. If you look at her face, she looks like, so what? Like, it's so good. I'm with her, frankly. I mean, what? I know. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) What does that mean? The quiche of the 80s. Like, pesto is just a sauce. Why is that? Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. Um, and then my next one is, this is like, this isn't a spicy hot take. This is, but people are going to think it's a spicy hot take because it is a strong opinion that nobody's going to agree with. But Uh my personal preference, I hate karaoke. (gasps) Fun fact. Really? Yes. Because I'm, so I hate karaoke slash I'm bitter about karaoke because as a singer, Yes. But who mostly sounds musical theater-ish instead of pop sounding. Mm-hmm. I hate doing karaoke because I'm not the strongest belter. So it, it's not like I can do like a Kelly Clarkson song or something, you know? And 
people, like, I'm a good singer, but when I do karaoke, people don't, like, respond to my singing the way I want them to because it doesn't sound natural in my voice because I don't naturally sing pop music. And so I just feel really insecure and really, like, like I'm not a good singer even though I know I am, so I hate karaoke. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you as a musical theater singer to another musical theater singer. The point of karaoke, in my humble opinion, is that you're supposed to not sound good. But I can't do that. Like, I, I can't no. do that. <laughs> yeah, because your training forbids it. I'm just Your Alexander technique would quake if it saw you sing from your chest unhealthily. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a perfectionist by trade. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And it makes you a great performer. But also, karaoke is not about technique. It is about being drunk on a Thursday at the bar when it's ladies night singing Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive as loudly as possible <laughs> because someone dumped you and you're all the better for it. Go on, now go. Well, you have a door. I'm not speaking from personal experience, by the way. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This oh is just God. a scenario I've invented out of thin air, like alchemy. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, but fair okay. enough, to each his own. Thank you, yes, to each his own. Mm -hmm. um, my next one is, so, you know what's funny? Uh, there was a YouTube video I watched once uh, about um, a, uh, a therapist uh, reviewing rom-com fight scenes to say, like, whether they had handled the fight well or not, you know? If they were, like, a healthy couple or not. And, of course, all of the modern things were toxic. Duh. And, but when they, they started with When Harry Met Sally, the scene where they're fighting outside of the brownstone about uh. sex. And the therapist said, she was like, this is exactly how you should have a fight and resolve a fight. This is like, yes, this is a very healthy because he apologizes. They come to a, a stasis, you know, they hug it out. They get out their feelings. They get out like, like what they're both doing that like is hurting them, you know? And like, it, it, and they just said that it was like a plus, like that's how you need to like resolve a fight. Yes. And I literally, that, that scene is like exactly how like I approach life. Is, That's so true. Yeah, and I just love how healthy that conversation is. And, like, at the end, like, I love how he's like, are you finished? And she's like, yes. And he's like, can I say something? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. And the hug and, like, the way they both hold each other. That is, hug looks so good. Yeah, and they almost walk into the apartment, like, holding hands. And I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Um, and then my last, I have some notes, is when... Harry is walking around outside New on New Year's Eve and he sees that happy couple across the street. Marjorie's just thinking, yeah. I was like, I'm fine, you know, everything's fine. And I wrote, there's always a happy couple when you're the least bit happy. Yeah. And what really sucks about that couple is that they, I, and I, this has to have been on purpose. She has blonde hair like Sally and he has dark oh. hair like Harry. Exactly. No, they're, they are made to look like each other. Ugh. Yep classic yeah um, should we move on to spicy hot takes oh it's time okay so uh do you want me to start and we'll go back and forth or do you want to start yeah hold on let me just get my my milk so that <laughs> in case it gets too spicy i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> let's do it <laughs> okay <laughs> um my first one is very simple 
Harry should have kept the facial hair the whole rest yep. of the movie. I hate that yep. they removed it. It he looked so much better with it. Done. Yeah. No, I you're not going to find an argument here. I agree. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first one? All right. Well, this is the one that was in my notes. Um for how amazing Harry and Sally look throughout the film, when they do their interview at the very end, they look terrible. Yeah, they look pretty rough. <laughs> they look so rough. And what really bothers me is that Sally has her arms folded the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she looks so uncomfortable, which I feel like is part of her character. She's uncomfortable being on film for this, right. you know? But, like, I hate how far apart they're sitting. I hate, yeah, she has her arms crossed. Read. I hate that they're and not, like, holding hands. Like, they're newlyweds. So, like, you think they would be sitting close to each other. You'd think they'd be holding hands or something. You'd think, yeah. I don't know. You don't even, like, really see their rings. Like, I wanted to see, like, rings on their fingers. And that's true. But, yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, maybe that's the point. Because then Sally says that, like, you know, it only took three months. Twelve years and three months. Yeah. <laughs> For them to get married. Yeah. And, but also, uh, that's such an exaggeration. It did not take yeah. 12 years. It took them like a year and a half. Yeah. Because they were only I friends mean, for a year. She's referring to when they first, first met. Back sure. At but it's like. of Chicago. Yeah. But it's like, girl, that is not the beginning of your relationship. <laughs> you drama queen. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, honey. <laughs> But also partly why I'm part her, because, wow, I definitely would have said something like that. <laughs> yeah, fair. So maybe that wasn't so spicy. Yeah, no, I get it. All right. Um, Mine is pretty spicy, my next one. Um, I actually kind of hate the crying scene. <gasps> I think it's some of the worst acting in the movie on her part, and I think that they did not try hard enough to get a good take because it's so obvious she's faking it. And like women who are really in crisis having a meltdown like that don't look like, like that. And like, you can tell the tears are fake. You can tell she's like literally faking every single second. And it is so painful to watch. And like, huh. it's not cringe because she's crying. It's cringe because I'm like, God, you couldn't do any better than that. And like, I just don't know why they use that take. Like, Keep yeah. filming. Like, why? What the fuck? It seemed like literally they just, like, took the first take and they were like, yeah, that's fine. Like, no. what That's supposed to be the pivotal moment where they're supposed to end up together. The only part, I mentioned it earlier, the only part that I like in that scene is when she says, he didn't want to marry me. Right. Yeah. And, and I like, I also do like her line reading on Sunday, I think is perfect. But Sunday! Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking funny as <laughs> shit. It is. But, but everything else in it, I feel like... It's just so fake. She's forcing it so hard. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, why did they put that in the movie? And mm. I... And, like, he just totally steals the scene from her because he's just, like, sitting in it. And she's forcing it so hard. And I really hate that they did that. And they should have done another take. They should have figured out how to make it better because that does not work for me. And it's the least favorite part of the movie. And it's on the only reason I don't call it... That scene is the o part one of the only reasons I don't call it a perfect movie. It's because mm. I just don't think that scene was strong enough, and they printed it anyway, and they shouldn't have. That is a hot take. Woot woot. That's Ooh. why we're here. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't really argue with it. My only possible, like, counter would be that maybe, and this was, like, a directorial choice, that they played the scene up for more laughs. Because, I mean, I also well, think, oh, like, that's totally what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I think, you know what I also bothers me about the scene, like, why I don't like that it's so fake, is 
I think they took it from the male perspective of that's what they find funny, women crying. Yeah. That's the version that's funny. Right. But, like, it's not funny to women because we can tell she's not really upset. That's so true. Like, women know what it's, like, what's funny. Like, that's part of the reason why, like, bridesmaids worked. Yeah. We know, like, when women are having, are in total turmoil, that's what it looks like. And that's what they got right in that movie. But in this one, they just, I feel like they took the male gaze into that scene and it needed the female gaze. It needed a female director for that scene. (laughs) It did. Come on. Where was Nora that day? Yeah. That's so true. I mean, the the part of that whole scene that sticks out the most to me is like where she goes from laughing to crying when uh, mm-hmm. Harry Crux wise about um, Charlie Chaplin not being able to hold his kids at age 70. Yeah. Where she goes, ha, 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 ha. It's so bad. Yeah, exactly. And like that could have been so good, but like yeah. they just didn't get the take. And I'm like, what? But again, like I said, male gaze. I think it's just, that's what men find funny about women crying. And I was like, that's not funny. I never really thought about that before. That's spicy. Just drop the mic. Boom. Uh-huh. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have another spicy hot take? Um, yes. Okay, here it is. Sorry. I, um, <laughs> um, maybe this isn't so spicy, but... I'm I'm curious to know your uh, opinion on it since yeah. we've talked so much uh, at this point. But Harry and Sally are great and all, but Maria is the best character in this movie. Full stop. Hmm. I I really it's hard for me to get past the cheating thing because I just think that's like horrible of her <laughs> to do. Yeah. So like I I love her the most. Yes. And she's the best character in my heart because I love her the most. But like not the best person, I guess is what I'll, no. what I'll stamp on it. But I do, but yeah, she is the best character. She's. But it's like we were saying before, like, none of them are perfect people, and that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, oh, yeah. I will say sleeping with a married man when, like, it's not an open relationship is, of course, fucked up, but, like... But I, I agree with you. She's the best character, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's just... She, she carries the movie. Every scene that she's in is just so much more elevated by her presence. It's just, yeah. Well, that's what I love about all four of them, why they're so strong in this movie. I don't think the movie would work as well without one of them. You Absolutely. Ha- you have to have all four of them. Ooh, we're, go- I, we're jumping categories here, but like, oh, I, I, I'm going to zoop. I want to hear more of your hot takes. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> my next, one of them, this one I've already kind of said, you know, like, why would Joe call her? Just like, yeah. Why would, why would he, he? Why would he think that's necessary? That's such a dick move. Um, so Seriously. Moving on to my next one. I will never get over that Harry and Sally casually kiss on the lips while she's upset. When he's like trying to make her feel better and he's like, I'm going to go yeah. like make you some tea or something. And they just casually kiss for a hot second. Like, no. Like, where does that even come from? Exactly. And like, I'm just like, no, you do not do that with your, like, platonic friends. Especially when she's in crisis. Yeah, and it's like, both of them seem totally okay with it. And I'm like, did people just, like, do that in the 80s? Just kiss their platonic friends? That's not okay. I don't, what, I don't like that. And what's weird is that, like, the first time we see them kiss, it's there's such a buildup, and it ends up being just, like, this little nothing, happy new year, polite kiss. So, like... I, I don't know. Yeah, it does maybe, not. It makes me uncomfy. Very uncomfy. Maybe, 
Yeah, that is uncomfy. Yeah. Uh, what's What's your next one? Um. The, the, uh, this is the last one that I have, and I'm actually really disappointed by it because if this were a spice, it would probably be flour. Um, <laughs> Wait, what is it? Uh. Billy Crystal works as Harry in this movie because of the fact that he isn't, uh, sexy. (laughs) I think that's spicy, in my opinion. Yeah? You think so? Well, you're just calling him out on not being sexy. The poor dude. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No. Billy Crystal, if you're listening, you're very sexy. You were especially very sexy in the 80s and the 90s. But... But I totally, I totally see where you're coming from, though, because I think the neuroses, the neuroticness of his character, yeah, wouldn't work with like, say, like look at like the holiday, like with like a Jude Law or totally. You know, it's also part of the reason why I love Sleepless in Seattle too, because I feel like Tom Hanks also isn't like the um, normal romantic lead. It's not that the, he's unattractive, it's that he's unconventionally attractive. Yes, exactly, exactly. And he's yeah. like, he's like, they're both against the Hollywood stereotype. And, like, not everyone has, like, the Henry Cavill jaw, jawline and, like, exactly. Jason Momoa's abs and Hugh Jackman's fucking whatever. But... Yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hugh Jackman. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, seriously, exactly, 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 exactly. Um, so, no, I, I I get where you're coming from. I don't think the movie would work if they had cast someone more conventionally handsome. Yeah, and I, it just, it, it makes it easier for you to, like, see yourself or see your friend in the characters in the movie. Like, not, like they're attractive people, but, like, their looks aren't where they begin and end. Yeah. And Harry is so funny. It would get lost if he was just eye candy. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Like, the dialogue would just land flat because everybody would just be, like, staring at him. Yeah. Yeah. And what fun would that be? Yeah, exactly. Um, I only have one more, and mine is... I never really noticed it until this viewing, and finally I was like, oh, I actually have an opinion on this now. Uh Uh-huh. Um, the voiceover that Harry has at the end of the movie when he's alone on New Year's, Mm -hmm. I don't think they should have put it in the movie. I don't think it was the right call. Yeah. Because they didn't do voiceovers for the whole rest of the movie. And I think it's just so, it's just kind of, like, thrown in there. And I'm like, wait, but, like, we haven't done that before. And that's, like, not, that takes us out of the realism of the movie. I, well, I, I want to, I'll posit this and... I don't know if I believe it fully either, but I mean, they sort of do it when they have like the telephone call voiceover montage moment. But that's different because the phone call is happening in real time. Right. Versus this where we're just getting a slice of life in his head. And I find that weird because I'm like, oh, this is now like a Disney animated movie. (laughs) True. You know, that's like exactly where it took me this time. And, like, narration is one of those things that, like, especially, like, on Cinema Sins, they always uh, give a point for because yeah. it's it's just one of those things that is lazy writing. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I still would have gotten, they could have removed the voiceover and I would still get the exact same storyline of him sitting there eating his Malamars, watching TV, missing the, the basketball shot. Going out into the street, staring at a stupid little display in a store, seeing the couple across the street that looks like him and Sally being yeah. despondent, 
And then they could have just done when he thinks back to the beginning of their relationship. And that would have been enough for me. Like, literally, the vo- his whole voiceover about, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, didn't yeah. need to even be in the movie, and I would get the exact same storyline. It's why I don't like it. The movie didn't need yeah. it, and by adding it in, it changes the feeling at the end of the movie to less realistic than the whole rest of the movie that has been hyper-realistic. And all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, why am I in his head? That's so true. I hadn't thought of it like that. I had never noticed it until this time around, and then I was like, oh, that's, like, too much. Like, that should have been on the cutting room floor, in my opinion. It's not even the best writing in the movie, either. Exactly. It's pretty fucking basic. No offense, Nora Efron, I love you. But (laughs) it's really not necessary at all. Yeah. Yeah. Spicy. Thank you. That was was a good note to end on. Thank Um, you, yeah. And now we move on to the ironic question of the podcast, should this be remade? Which we've now alluded to a million times, whether this should be on stage or not. And I think I've settled on, yes, I think it should. Um, Yeah. I, as an actor, I would love to get to explore Sally or Marie. Yes. Um, I think, uh, obviously, Rob Reiner, many people know this, is, like, notorious for having all-white movies. And this Mm -hmm. movie is no exception. There's literally, I think, only three people of color in the entire movie. Yes. Um, And they, two of them are waitresses. Yeah, that's, like, oh, actually four. I I missed one. So, yeah, like, including, like, extras, including, like, couple, including, like, background, like, only four in the entire movie of all white people. And it's just, like, I would love to see this, I would love to see if this story works with non-binary, non, like, gender conform, like, non-conforming gender, like, Hmm. like, totally, like, break every stereotype in this movie for what, how, like, it's pictured, you know, and, like, see if it could be put on state, like, because obviously I think it would work with any cast, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think this material, the writing is so good. I would love as an actor to get to explore it. And I think it would be such a fun character study as all four characters because they're so strong and they all get such great material on this. Right. I think would be amazing. And um, I think it could be really easily translated to regional theater. I think it could be great on Broadway. I think with very minimal set. And even maybe you don't even need that many extras. Maybe just do like six people you know you have yeah and each of them like you could have like the couples you know for the scenes like as like the the scene breakers and then they all do the the um extra work too and they all play extras in the scenes yeah and you just put them in new costumes and like it'd be super easy to do in my opinion and um yeah i think it would be a great uh i i think actually you could totally not even have any extras and just and you could just have the four because it's their story. Yeah, exactly. And you could have them like pretend to react to a crowd, and I think that would be hilarious to see Sally on stage say like, "I, I like, I've actually had like great sex," and she just <laughs> awkwardly looks around at the blank stage, or even break the fourth wall and look at the theater like I just said that in front of an audience, and then keep yeah. going with the play. And I think that's very in line with like the Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron esque kind of humor. That's true, and it, I mean, I think also goes into how meta the the movie itself is with, like, the, the documentary-style um, footage of the real couples. Exactly! Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, hmm. I, I would like to see this on stage. I think that could actually be really cool. 
So I would like to share with you something because I actually did some research to help support my, my decision on whether or not they should remake this because as it turns out, there was a stage adaptation of When Harry Met Sally in a theater in London in 2004. Interesting, in London. And get this, Harry and Sally were played by Luke Perry and Alison Hannigan. Whoa. Is that not the weirdest thing you've ever heard? Luke Perry. Wow. Luke Perry and Alison Hannigan? I... Of Buffy fame? Of How I Met Your Mother fame? I can I can actually really see it, and I would have definitely paid to go see that. So, I thought so too, but I found this um, review from The Guardian, and I'm going to read an excerpt of it to you now. Oh, shit. Now. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, first of all, they gave it two stars <gasps> out of five. Oh, shit. Okay. They hated it. I'm just going to read you, like, the first two paragraphs. I can send you the rest of it if you want to indulge yourself, and I just love reading bad reviews, but this actually broke my heart a little bit. Oh, no. Is theater slowly turning into live cinema? At the et- at the West End run of The Graduate, we now have this equally tame theatricalization of Nora Ephron's 1989 Hollywood romantic comedy. Doubtless even now someone is beavering away in a back room on an idea to outdo them all. Citizen Kane, the play. Oh, shit. Jesus. Paragraph indentation. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. I mean, I also hate, like, movie-to-stage adaptations, too. I think it's so fucking boring. I'm like, they're they're all bad. Like, they're literally all bad. Um, but wow. Wait, there's more. I just want to share this last excerpt, and then let's, let's dissect. Let's discuss. Oh, God. If this particular script, adapted by Marcy... Kahan, I think, Mm K-A-H-A-N, makes for a dull play. There are several reasons. One is that Harry's idea that friendship between hetero couples is a near impossibility comes as no surprise to theater goers. (laughs) Dr. Astrov says exactly the same thing in Uncle Vanya. More importantly, the theater demands robuster language, saltier exchanges, more extreme situations than the contemporary cinema provides. Compare this script with David Mamet's sexual perversity in Chicago, or Patrick Marber's Closer, and you realize how far behind the cinema lags when it comes to exploring modern sexual mores. Okay, now I just hate this reviewer. He's such a dick. This yeah. is... Th- uh, Nora Ephron and When Harry Met Sally is not fucking uh, Uncle Vanya or Mamet, you fucking prick. Like, no. Like, get off your fucking high horse. Jesus Christ. And not every single play needs to have the gravitas of friggin' Chekhov. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? There's a reason people like Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has the least amount of gravitas possible. Absolutely. Jesus fucking Christ. So maybe the problem was that it wasn't Nora Ephron's script. It was an adaptation by this Marcy person. Yeah. And they fucked it up. But, well, um, I, what I think the problem is, is don't adapt it. Do it exactly how it's written. Yeah. Like, what do you have, what do you possibly have to change in this that you can't just put on the stage? Literally, like, nothing. That's, I mean, I think about, like, how short some of the scenes are and how in such, like, 
untheatrical spaces they take place. I mean, it's not impossible to have a scene in a car. People do that all the time. But like the whole road trip at the very beginning of the play, I'm just trying to think how you would. I mean, this is why I'm not like a set designer, because I feel like with the right design team, you could come up with some amazing stuff. Yeah, just no projections, for the love of God. Not... Yeah, well, this is something that apparently um, the, the London production did. They had projections of, like, the real-life couples oh. uh, as scene breaks in between. And, oh, I forget here. I want to see if I can find it because it's actually really funny. Um, here it is. Um the version had the famous real old people bits projected onto a screen, ingeniously explained away as Marie's own video installation, but to me it was as irritating as hearing taped music instead of live. Like Jesus. everything else, it was apologizing for not being a proper film. Like, wow, they hated this play. Bitter, 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 bitter. So now well, I think that we need to turn it into a play so that we can do it better. Yeah, just, like, don't adapt it. Just, like, do yeah. it the way it was originally written. All right, well, we both agree it should be on the stage. Just, like, yeah. don't touch it. Jesus, just, like, do it the way it's... But, yeah. Um, and then if you are going to do it and you guys don't hate me after I've just criticized the movie, please gas me. Uh, <laughs> gas both of us. I think I please. want... I, like, you know, I think maybe back in the day I would have said Sally, but now I feel like I'm leaning more towards Marie. Really? I think just my aesthetic now is a little bit more Marie than anything. Except the cheating thing. I just, that's not great. Yeah. Yeah. But I can get past that. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, but anywho, anything else <laughs> to add before we close it out? Um, one more thing that I do have. Um, there has been a, a sequel, quote unquote, made yeah. of When Harry Met Sally on Funny or Die, <laughs> which I will also send a link to you because Please, it is yeah. actually pretty goofy. Oh, okay. It stars it stars Billy Crystal, Rob Reiner, and it also has, get this, Helen Mirren, <laughs> Adam Scott, and Mike Tyson. And the, <laughs> so the, it begins with Rob Reiner and uh, Billy Crystal pitching to Adam Scott, who plays like an agent, like a sequel to When Harry Met Sally, where Sally has died and his, uh, his kids put him in a home and he meets another woman. And that woman is played by Helen Mirren. But, um, and Adam Scott says that he loves it, but there's just one little adjustment that he wants to make. It's no big deal. And then as you watch this trailer unfold, you see that Helen Mirren is a vampire and she oh bites Billy God. Crystal. And you see their relationship develop as they both become more and more vampiric. This came out during the Twilight era, I'm assuming. 2011, so yep, yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, um, well fun <laughs> yeah it's already been done i guess yeah well thank god because please don't make a sequel to this jesus please don't uh. remake this boom <laughs> roll just, credits yeah just just push that in there <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you robin for coming on the show this was so much fun uh, so much fun i'm not surprised in the least that like we just like went to town on this movie because duh obviously <laughs> and thank you all for listening please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to this lovely podcast i really love reading your comments and i appreciate the support and the love and affection and uh, follow us at in on instagram at please don't remake this i post some fun shit every now and then you know i try i do what i do 
And I hope you all tune in next week. Bye. Bye.